The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's time once again to kick open the old mausoleum door and see what climbs out. Clawing his way out of a fetid grave is Drew, a.k.a. Rabid Badger. Pull up a slab with Jim Millspaw in his award-winning role as the Professor of Torture, Meat Hook Jim. Jason Storm is here as fan favorite, gothic commentator, Storm. Do you smell something burning? It must be Salem's favorite old crone, Jonna Summers. <laughs> now light a torch, grab your pitchfork, and make like a bunch of terrified villagers. You found another episode of The Big Scary Show! <laughs> It's August. You know what that means. Next month is September and the unofficial official start to the haunt season. So before you start panicking, this might be your last time to kick back and relax and listen to the Big Scary Show's episode 295 as we bring you part one of our extensive coverage of Midsummer Scream held in Long Beach, California. A couple of weeks ago. Badger went down there, had a fantastic time, interviewed so many people we could not cram it all into one show. So this is part one of Midsummer Scream. Of course, our other ghosts have been busy too. Storm is ranting about stuffies in a haunt minute. Meathook Jim will be discussing slavery in between the corpses. The old crone will be talking about sales tax, which is something a lot of haunt owners overlook sometimes. I'll be bringing you all the latest deadline news. Dick Terhune may be here with his marketing morgue. We do have a gruesome giveaway for the month of August. Please listen carefully and enter the contest, because if you're the winner, you'll want to get that prize before the haunt season. Of course, we also bring you some really special spooky tunes just in time while you're wrapping up your builds and your permitting and your hiring and everything else because haunt season is literally just a few weeks away. The Roundtable of Terror welcomes back two of our very favorite people, Ed Douglas and Gavin Gosca from Midnight Syndicate, and they discuss their brand new album, which is coming out this month and you can get an exclusive preview of a couple of tracks on this very show so be sure and stick around for that they have a lot to say and a lot of cool things coming up so you do not want to miss our round table of terror here on the big scary show all this and so much more here on episode 295 
of The Big Scary Show. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We're live in Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, California. And who are you going to call when you have someone haunting your house down in SoCal? Of course, you're going to call the Los Angeles Ghostbusters. They're here. They've got a bigger and better display than I've ever seen before. And, of course, we need to find out what they do because we talk to every Ghostbuster chapter we can find. Talked to them last year. We're going to talk to them again this year. I've got Matt Zunick from the Los Angeles Ghostbusters. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you? Uh, we are hanging out here, checking out all the cool stuff. Of course, you've got a great California twist to the Ghostbusters here. Instead of big Cadillacs and everything, it looks like you got a sporty SUV stuff, perfect to slap a surfboard along with your uh, proton packs and go out and Absolutely. find some stuff. Absolutely. I mean, in between calls, we got to go catch some waves, right? It's <laughs> Southern California. How can you not, right? I, exactly. I mean, That's you know, between rollerblading and skating and, and fish tacos and all that stuff, it's just... It's paradise, right? Oh, absolutely. The fish taco ghosts, though, uh, maybe not so much. We'll have to talk about those off the air. But tell us a little bit about what you guys do. How long have you been around, and what kind of things do you do for the community? Because like most other Ghostbusters chapters, you always seem to do a lot of good stuff, especially with the kids. Oh, absolutely. So um, we founded ourselves back on Halloween of 2021. Ironic. Yes, very much so. Um, oh, that's our alarm there. We probably got a donation to the Starlight Children's Foundation. Um, so that's actually a good springboard. Um, so since 2021, we made it our mission that if we were going to dress up as Ghostbusters, if we were going to go out there and represent the brand, that we had to do something more with it. We had to give back to our community in some way. We had been uh, fundraising uh, on our own with the Starlight Children's Foundation, and then they reached out to us because they said, hey, we're getting a bunch of donations that say from the Ghostbusters, and we want to know what that's about. And so we established a relationship with them, and we've been doing a bunch of uh, fundraising initiatives with them ever since, and it has been absolutely tremendous. Is it one of those things like if you make a donation, the Ghostbusters will come to your event, party, slash, anything like that, or how does that work out? Well, we will pretty much come to any event that people request for us. The only thing we don't do are birthday parties. And the reason for that is really just that our shtick, our booth, it works well in short bursts. If we're there, we're not children's entertainers the way that um, a lot of people might think of that necessarily. We like having big group interactions, uh, short bursts of enjoyment and excitement. But we kind of feel that the birthday party uh, scenario works really great for a lot of other groups. Unfortunately for us, it's just not our thing. Leave that to the clowns. Yeah, well. And the balloon animal people. Perhaps. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but we do really love, hello there. Uh, we have some people passing by here. We do love interacting with the public. That's why we come to Comic-Cons. That's why we come to events like Midsummer Scream. We do a lot of community events, uh, typically at public libraries, to promote um, the arts or to promote reading. And uh, we always try to bring a fundraiser aspect to it to promote. So we work with Starlight Children's Foundation, so we bring a dip jar. We bring QR codes that go to a a fundraiser page. And we take donations for Starlight. And tell us what Starlight does. So the Starlight Children's Foundation, uh, since the 80s, has been providing toys, games, and themed hospital gowns to kids living in hospital situations all across the country. And uh, when we partnered with them, we really thought that is something that we align with. You know, kids, when they're in the hospital, 
they're in a very stressful environment. It's it's alien. It's it's stressful. It's nerve wracking. And anything that we could do to make that experience just a little bit better, bring a little bit of joy while they're in this really hard situation, we feel that we owe it to ourselves and to them to do that. So um, we actually worked on an initiative last year with Sony Pictures and Starlight to provide Ghostbuster-themed hospital gowns for kids. We partnered with Ghostbuster groups across the country, and we raised over $40,000, and the first batch of hospital gowns went out earlier this year. Oh, congratulations. That is, I'm sure, anything to brighten a child's day that is in the hospital in a terrible situation, no doubt. Absolutely. It was one of the greatest experiences of our group and, and personally one of the best experiences of my life. It was really, really amazing. So how does one become a Ghostbuster? Is it just that you got to buy the outfit, you got to assemble a proton pack, or is there a, an initiation, an application process? How, do you, how does one join an L.A. Ghostbuster? If I live down here and I'm like, hey, I want to be a Ghostbuster, what do I got to do? Well, it's a very rigorous training process. There's an obstacle course, and then, um, no, none of that. Um, no, if someone wants to join uh, our, our group, it's really easy. You just go to losangelesgb.com and submit via our contact page, and we will talk to you about what it takes to join. And really, all it takes is a good attitude, wanting to do good for your community, and being a fan of Ghostbusters and whatever form that takes. If you like the original movie, if you like Ghostbusters Afterlife, if you just love the cartoon or the comics or even the 2016 film, we will take any fan, as long as you come out with a passionate, go-getter attitude to help your community, we want you. And as far as the costume goes, we will give you pointers. We will uh, guide you to the vendors to get proper elements. And unfortunately, it's not a cheap hobby. It, it can get a little pricey, so there, there is that to consider. But we never want that to be a limiting factor for anybody. We have had people apply as new rookies who have nothing. They, they don't have a flight suit. They don't have a proton pack. They don't have any gear. And we say, that's fine. Come out with a Ghostbusters t-shirt if you got one or a hat maybe. Hang out with us at the booth. If you think that we're cool and we think you're cool, then we will guide you on the process to finding the right flight suit within your budget, finding the right equipment within your budget. We will help you build your outfit so that you feel good about it and you feel good about uh, being a part of our group. I, I noticed you didn't mention Ghostbusters 2, but had to be a fan of that. So, oh, well, we, we won't talk about that. We, we won't I, talk about that. I will always love Ghostbusters 2. I, I meant to throw it in there. I didn't. Uh, of course. When I said original films, I meant Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Of course. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous little movie. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Los Angeles gb.com losangelesgb.com on instagram at la ghostbusters also at la ghostbusters on tiktok well, mr zurich again pleasure meeting you sir pleasure. and all the rest of the ghostbusters out here it looks like there's a lot of people out here that could be ghosts in disguise there seems to be a lot of very walking dead-esque kind of people around here so i'm sure you've been very busy so i'm gonna let you go back to uh filling up the tanks and uh keeping us all safe from the ghosts well, we got the tools and we got the talent. There so. you go. And who are you going to call? You're going to call the Los Angeles Ghostbusters if you're in this area. LosAngelesGB.com. If you're interested in becoming somebody, to go out and all this stuff, get your uniform, go help the Starlight Children's Foundation, or just to donate. I assume there's a donation page on your site. There is. There's a link to our donation page if you would like to donate. Excellent, Matt. Very big pleasure. My name is Drew Badger here at... 
Midsummer Scream, Long Beach, California. Hanging with the Ghostbusters, and we're out. If you think all vampires are ugly creatures of the night, then you are in for a shattering surprise. Lust for a vampire. Disciples of the Black Mass, devils in female bodies, whose embrace is the kiss of death for man or woman. Lust for a Vampire. Released by American Continental Films in color. Rated R. Looking to step up your costume? CFX products perform in every environment. Film, haunted attractions, stage shows, theme parks, cosplay, and good old-fashioned Halloween. Created for realism and comfort from the number one company leading the industry for over 16 years, a CFX silicone mask isn't finished until you put it on. Whatever your needs, CFX has you covered with silicone. And once you put it on, you too will agree that a CFX mask will be the most comfortable rubber you'll ever wear. Find your new face today at cfxmasks.com, cfxmasks.com. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We are live in Long Beach, California for Midsummer Scream. And if you go down the steps of the Long Beach Convention Center and walk through the doors, you are immediately greeted by scary, scary skeletons, monsters, jack-o'-lanterns, all sorts of crazy stuff. It's the 13th Floor Entertainment Group. They are the people who put on the L.A. Haunted Hayride. Last year they started something called Shacktoberfest out at the Queen Mary. We're going to find out about that. And this year they got something new called the Magic of the Jack-O-Lanterns, which is uh, the, the pictures and the display they have in the Hall of Shadows is most impressive. Had to get some more information. I've got Amy Hollerman here from 13th Floor Entertainment. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm at Midsummer Scream, so we're getting pumped for the Halloween season. It's just around the corner, as we like to say. How's the show been? I mean, it, it's been insane numbers-wise here, but I assume... Lots of people are coming here spinning the wheel to maybe get free tickets or discounts and getting pictures with the uh, scare actors out here. It, it looks like it's just been crazy. It has been. Uh, we've had a line at our prize wheel throughout the weekend. Yesterday we did a panel talking about all of our events here in California. And, um, yeah, we just love seeing guests get up close and personal with the characters from L.A. Haunted Hayride. And we're excited to be announcing Shacktoberfest is back for year two here in Long Beach and our brand-new event, Magic of the Jack-O-Lanterns. We're, we're standing by this giant neon Shacktoberfest sign. This thing looks to be about six feet tall and about, oh, I don't know, 30, 40 feet long, which is about Shack's actual dimensions. But tell us a little bit about what that is. You know, I, I wasn't able to get much information last year, but this year, you know, it apparently has been a great success, enough to bring it back here at the Queen Mary. What is Shacktoberfest? Shacktoberfest is a Halloween festival this year on the Queen Mary. So, um, How are you going to fit Shack on the Queen Mary? Well, I mean. Shack is, we kind of bring Shack's energy to the event, so it's larger than life. Uh, it's an event where we have haunted trails, so five different haunted trails throughout the event, from Pirate's Cove to Midway Madness to one of my favorite attractions. It's called DJ Diesel's Pumpkin Patch. So if you don't know this, Shaq also is an EDM DJ. He does festivals all over the world, 
and his DJ name is DJ Diesel. So he makes for us a mix that we play in this pumpkin patch where you walk through, get scared by uh, scarecrows wielding chainsaws. There's also inflatable pumpkins that you can bounce on while you listen to music and bam you don't know where that stilt walker is going to be coming around the corner and then chasing you through a barn with chainsaws to get out so we're bringing both this sort of the cutting edge energy that Shaq brings to all of his entertainment and also bringing our classic scares from 13 floor entertainment group so there's five different haunted trails around the ship there's several different types of theme bars uh, there's what we call the block party, which is our huge stage show that's presented by Lovecraft, who's an awesome spooky music group based out of here in California. And they have their hype man, Skeleton Sam, who dances with our guests all night. But this year, while we're bringing this back to Queen Mary, what we're really excited about is getting on board the ship. Yes. So last year... Uh, we were, no one was able to go on to Queen Mary, but now the Queen Mary is open now for hotel reservations, which is so exciting because such an important historic landmark uh, near and dear to our hearts. You can go on historic tours, and for the first time in a long time, yes. we will have a haunted attraction inside the ship. We're calling it the anchor of our event. It's going to be the scariest part of the event and going through it's also the longest attraction of the event and we're going to dive into some of the history of the Queen Mary um, one of the ships that had the biggest record of holding people ever, 16,000 people at one time, there's been a lot of energy on that boat unfortunately people have also perished on that boat, it has a long and very interesting history rumored to be haunted so this year we're bringing attraction based on the idea that during world war ii the queen mary sailed across the sea as a battleship carrying troops she had to be painted gray and the people said you could not see her in the mist so she was called the gray ghost so this year we bring you the gray ghost and we're really excited about that so I think it's going to be a great year. Last year was a lot of fun, and this year we're just making it a little darker so we can get some more good startle scares. It's, it sounds like it's going to be fantastic. Now, I am so intrigued by this Magic of the Jack-O-Lanterns event that you've got here. You know, if you walk into the Hall of Shadows, you, you see this huge patch of jack-o'-lanterns. Some are singing, which is really cool, and some other things. What is this? This is a brand-new event you guys are having here. Yes, so Magic of the Jack-o'-lanterns is going to take place in Whittier Narrows in a beautiful outdoor space uh, amongst the trees and the lakes of water. It's a perfect place for our event with over thousands of magnificent hand-carved pumpkins, um, both real pumpkins and some foam pumpkins that we can really dive into and make some beautiful artwork. There are themes from Halloween to nautical seascapes to pirates, and we really create something that's got that Halloween feeling, but it's not scary. It's family-friendly, and the reason why we call it Magic of the Jack-O-Lanterns is our goal is to make it feel immersive. You're not just looking at the Jack-O-Lantern displays. But you feel like you've walked into a whole Halloween autumn world. 
And we do that by lighting all those trees, by reflecting off the ponds. We do that with music and special effects. When you walk through under the seascape, you have uh, bubbles blowing around you. And it's so cute to see kids popping the bubbles. We have pumpkin, <clears throat> pumpkin cocktails and pumpkin beer for adults if they want to have a drink while they're walking the trail. Um, this is one of my favorite events when I get a night off of scary things like LA Haunted Hayride or Shacktoberfest. This is the kind of event I like to go to because I find it soothing and fun. I, I guess if you called it Terror of the Jack-O-Lanterns, it would have a whole different connotation. So magic just really <laughs> works pretty darn well. And, and like you said, family friendly and it, it kind of gets kids really into the Halloween season and, and makes them fans of Halloween, you know, which is so important when they get to be teenagers and they want to go to L.A. Haunted Hayride or Shacktoberfest. So great way to start the next generation on this. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. It's a nice, like, stepping stone, and it's a nice throwback for adults. You know, it's not just oh, for yeah. kids. It's great for a date night. Um, I've seen some girls, girls' night out or mom's night out, you know, and they might have a glass of wine, walk down the trail. Um, we also will have some interesting light displays with music. I think you mentioned some of our pumpkins do sing. They have some custom songs that they sing. Sometimes they tell jokes, corny jokes. It's like, you know, um, they'll be don't, like, hey. Spoiler, oh, no, spoilers, no spoilers. No okay. Spoilers. Okay. No spoilers. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about it, as you can see. It and sounds like it. It's going to be a fun event, and we're excited to be bringing it to Los Angeles. So for people in the greater Los Angeles, Southern California area, and you want to go to Shacktoberfest, or the Magic of the Jack-O-Lanterns, or even the L.A. Haunted Hayride, is there one central location they can go to for all of this, or are there separate websites, social medias, and and all that, where they can, I'm assuming pre-sale tickets, or if not now, will be on sale very, very soon. How can people get that information? So each event has its own website, just to avoid any confusion. So, yeah, magicofjacklanterns.com, shacktoberfest.com, L.A. Haunted Hayride, Dot com. Uh, pre-sale tickets are about to launch, so please check our websites if you're interested. If you go now, you can sign up to join the wait list, so you'll be some of the first people to be able to grab those tickets for a season. And, and what are the dates that these events are happening? Uh, Shacktoberfest kicks off September 28th and goes all the way through Halloween on select nights. L.A. Haunted Hayride and Magic of the Jack-O-Lanterns both start on September 22nd, so a week ahead of the hayride, so you can come out, maybe get your starter, Magic of Jack-O-Lanterns, on 22nd. Then 23rd, go down to Shacktoberfest. The following weekend, you'll be revved up enough for all the frights. It's all taking it in stages. It sounds great. Amy Hollerman, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us here at the Big Scary Show. Once again, magicofthejackolanders.com, shacktoberfest.com, and lahauntedhayride.com, all under the guise of 13th Floor Entertainment, making Southern California a very spooky, fun place this fall season. My name is Drew Badger here live at Midsummer Scream, another spooky place in Long Beach, California, for the Big Scary Show. We're out. Syndicate, Fortune's Folly, a Big Scary Show exclusive.
And ladies and gentlemen, let's find out if you're listening closely to the show. It's time for the August Gruesome Giveaway, sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. With haunt season beginning next month, you better get over to ScreamlineStudios.com. Place your orders now so you can enjoy their products during the Halloween season. Now, you know how this works. I'm about to ask you a question. The answer is in the show. If you think you know that answer, send us your name, your email, of course, and the answer to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on August 21st. That's a Monday. And you may be randomly selected to find out if you are indeed the winner. Now, without further ado, the question for the August gruesome giveaway is... During my interview with Bruce Stanton of The Reign of Terror, he mentions that The Reign of Terror has relocated to a new building. What was the previous occupant of the building that The Reign of Terror is currently occupying? If you think you know that answer, send us an email with your name, your phone number, and the answer to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on August 21st and you could be randomly selected to be a winner here on the gruesome giveaway for the month of August. Now, previous winners and family members of the Big Scary Show staff are not eligible to win. Get those entries in, folks, and good luck. And also thank you again to Screamline Studios for providing such great prizes. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here live at Midsummer Scream, Long Beach, California. Love walking around the aisles, seeing all the cool vendors, seeing the haunted attractions that show up here, and one that I talk to almost every single year, a fantastic haunt out in Thousand Oaks, California, the Reign of Terror. I got Bruce Stanton here who's just got lots of cool stuff out here, a lot of characters and things, usually has a big hearse, doesn't have it this year, maybe we'll find out why. Bruce, what's going on? Well, you know, like everything, we want to change things up. So we usually bring the hearse. I think people have seen it. We want to give them a little bit different feel of what the Reign of Terror. The hearse is something outside. What are people going to see inside? So we brought some signature characters, super detail, some cool lighting, and some uh, really get a little feel of what you're going to experience in one of the 135 rooms inside the Reign of Terror. I I was going to ask you, 135 rooms, that's got to be some kind of record. I would hope so. I mean, we advertise we're the largest indoor haunted house in Southern California, but probably all of California. <laughs> who, who can say? Now, you've got some really cool stuff here. These, I don't know what these things are, hanging from chains and all. All of this is going in your haunt this year, correct? Yep. yep. It's all props that came right out. The fact the guy standing on the column there with the severed head is out. On, it's an outside photo op, and then these are props that you would actually see in the scenes of the haunted house. Now, you have done a little bit of expanding, I understand, as far as you did a halfway to Halloween this year, and you you just mentioned before that you were able to uh, bring some taller things, shall we say, into your haunt. So this will be our 23-year running of the Reign of Terror. Congrats, you've hit Michael Jordan's number. About 18 18 years as a professional, no, about 17 years as a professional haunted house, and for 10 years we were upstairs above Gold's Gym. The disadvantage to that is everything had to go up a standard stairwell and go through a standard 36-inch wide door. So the one thing that we couldn't incorporate into the haunted house was the big, large 
professional animation. No 12 foot skellies or anything so like that. That is yeah. that is a thing of the past. So we have incorporated some big 10 and 11 foot large animations inside the Hana house. Because of the halfway to Halloween, it makes it great for our build crew because we have a huge running of all the changes that we're going to do at a given season, but the halfway to Halloween allows us to kind of break it up. We do a third of them before April. We do two-thirds of them before October. So if you haven't been since October, you are going to see some massive changes. Now, I know everyone says, oh, big changes, this and that. This truly is the biggest year change-wise. Really? We've completely taken out sections, completely revamped the different themes, added new rooms, added new animations, added actor positions. Everything in the Hana House has been touched, even if it's a, a lighting and a, a prop kind of placement. But when you come through, you are going to feel like you are in a different event. It, it sounds amazing. What what did you do? You run the uh, the gym out. They got too scared and disappeared. And now you have everything, or what? Out well, no. Way. Unfortunately, the our, the our because we were above Gold's gym, our biggest fear was that they ever wanted to expand, and that's what happened. So they expanded. So we moved. Ah, we moved. Location. We moved into a Marshall space, which is still at the Jans Marketplace about 800 feet from where we were before. We're now on the ground floor. we got big, wide double doors. Marshalls has tall ceilings, too. Tall ceilings. Not as tall as I'd like. We're about 14 feet. I'd like about 20 feet, so then we could do two-story facades. But uh, it's a really, really cool thing. When we moved in, one thing, it was a huge investment, but I paid to have the ceiling painted black. So when you come in, you have no idea where you're at. It's not like a standard pop-up haunted house where you look up and you're like, yep, I'm in a department store. <laughs> not at the Reign of Terror. Is there anything that you can tease us that people might see that they may have never seen before at Reign of Terror? Well, I can tell you the trains are coming. And I can tell you that beware. That, that could be a Johnny Cash line. Uh, well, yeah, you know, we got to honor Johnny Cash, but that's a little teaser of what we're, you might see. We all see. wear black, don't we? That's right, that's go. right. <laughs> And also, beware the forest. Oh, boy. That, 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 two that, teaser. that two teasers. Those, those are great teasers, especially indoors. You just don't expect those pesky forests to pop up indoors. But it sounds like somewhere within your 130, you couldn't make 136th room out of a Marshalls? Oh, for sure. We're 20, <laughs> the, the building's 30,000 square feet. We occupy just about 28,000. So okay. we got a couple you, square feet. You might be able to squeeze an extra room in or two over the next few things. For people wanting more information, like what date you open, tickets, do you do pre-sale tickets and all that? And if you don't, how can people get more information, the date you're open, maybe some teasers, websites, social medias, things like that? So the website is www.rothauntedhouse.com. We open September 29th. Tickets will be available probably in two weeks. Uh, you can join our email blast or all of our social medias, which is Reign of Terror Haunted House. Fantastic, Bruce. Always a pleasure to talk to you here. One of these days, I'm going to get down to Southern California in October and go check this out. There you go. 135 rooms. And they're not like, the room's not like 4x4, four four, is it? No. And then you got the next one that's 4x5. Nope. Uh, nope. Some of the rooms are 20x24. 20 oh, boy. Most of them are at least 10x12 or 12x12. Pack a lunch if you're going through, right? That's right. Because you that's might lose right. it before you get out. That's true. Once again, folks, ROT Haunted House. ROTHauntedhouse.com. Reign of Terror in Thousand Oaks, California. We're here in Long Beach, California at Midsummer Scream. My name's Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, and we are out. Hi, this is Jolene from Fantasy Funerals, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out 
the new putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com. Music by Midnight Syndicate. Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the Earth. This is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so it's a big time of year to really be thinking about your advertising and your campaigns and really how to get your message out there for your haunt so that you can get, you know, the most out of, you know, your audience that you can possibly get. And uh, not everybody does this correctly. Uh, Taking point, the Rhode Island Tourism Bureau. I've been following this story for a couple of months. Um, back a few months ago, they announced that they were going to do a advertisement to try and increase tourism to Rhode Island with giant stuffies. A stuffy is a stuffed quahog or clam, you know, just breadcrumbs, clam stuffed back into the half shell of a clam. Not really the most wonderful looking food, but I mean, they're tasty, they're great. I love them, but not my first choice that I'd make eight feet and just drop into a random airport to try and get people to come here. You know, it's, it's, it, it's really weird that they're doing it this and, and having an airport. I mean, exactly who's the end user and what are you trying to do with it? You know, oh, hey, look, kids, Rhode Island has stuffed clams. Well, forget Disney. I'm going to go trade in the tickets. And, yeah, that's what you want people thinking about initially and to, you know, relate that to your area and your state for travel is when they're just coming on or getting off of a big tin can with 150 other people, let's have our first thought of shellfish. Yes, so look for an 8-foot clam, a stuffy, coming to an airport near you. I don't know. Oh, and, you know, this is the prime time for tourism in Rhode Island, northeast, and we got the ocean, and and the most stuff to do is July and August, which is when these clams should have been in the... um, airports, but no, they're behind, they haven't made them, it'll be months before they get out there, so yay, effectiveness, these are things to look at with your own advertising campaigns, make sure you got the right message, make sure, make sure you're just not doing something for the sake of doing something, and you know, it's an idea that you brainstorm is good on paper, they say there are no bad ideas, well, executing a bad idea can be the problem with advertising, so make sure you work these out really well, and uh, know that you actually have an end goal, and, and it does what you want it to do. Giant stuffies are pretty cool and, and relate to Rhode Island, but is that going to get people to travel here? No, probably not. So do it with your haunt. Make sure people know what's scary and what's not. Until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Here we go. 
Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, California, and it's always nice to run into our very fine sponsors, especially our very fine sponsor, Spectral Illusions. I always see them whenever I come out to the West Coast. I started seeing them at Scare LA. They've been here at Midsummer Scream for many, many years. They pop up at Transworld every now and then. But I've got Carrie Oster here. How are you, Carrie? I'm doing great, Drew. I'm glad to see you again. Uh, it's always a pleasure to see you because you've always got some of the coolest projection stuff. You've got the coolest, you know, projectors and designs and everything like this. And for the past several years, you've been teasing this really cool thing, especially when you were in the dark zone, called Happy Funland. And from what I understand, it's almost ready to get out there and you've got trailers. It is. We have trailers. It is coming out in October for PSVR 2 and on Steam. And it is still, an, we don't know, coming soon for Quest, but it's coming. So we're working with the publisher to get all of the kinks worked out. For the people who may not know what Happy Funland is, how do you describe it? In our game, Happy Funland, you are exploring an abandoned theme park in the South Florida swamps built by a guy named Mort Grizzly, who was the firearms, alcohol, and tobacco kingpin of his day. Too bad he ran into some legal trouble and had to clean up his image, so he decided to build a theme park in the middle of the, in the cheapest land he could find. So, uh, with a, you know, a man with his little morals is that, you would expect to have you know, rides like uh, Feral Squirrel's Nutty Excursion, where the squirrel in question does a lot of drugs and goes to strip clubs. Or A Happy Little Grizzly World, where the children of the world tell you how great their cigarettes taste. Oh, lovely. It's, you know, it's it's fun. And meanwhile, you're being chased by possessed animatronics. <laughs> this, this, this I, I'm blown by all this. You know, I've seen teasers and stuff. You've had those for years. Now the trailer's about to come out, or is... Trailer, the trailers are out. All right. So you get, you can kind of just kind of look and say, I don't know what the hell this is, but it's really, really cool. Where are people going to be able to eventually get this? So they are available for wish listing on the PlayStation Store and on Steam. So you can see the trailers there. You can find the trailer on uh, YouTube as well. Uh, on our website, it's actually, you can go to happyfunlandvr.com and uh, get a little more information there. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's kind of all over the place. Just search for Happy Funland and you'll find it. Okay, getting back to Spectral Illusions, yes. a little bit about what you do is you did a lot of projection stuff. You know, not only professional ha professional haunters, but home haunters too. You got stuff that can shine in the windows, it can shine up on the garage door or big screen or anything. What's new this year? The biggest new thing that we have is we have an upgrade to the HP3 projector that we got last year. The fantastic part about it is that we now have two extra videos on there. As opposed last year, there were six preloaded videos. Now there's eight. But the big thing that I think a lot of people will be really excited about is the auto start function. So you can flip the switch on your power strip, hit, hit your big red button show control, and it will pick up where it was the day before. No more running around turn, you know, with the remote control turning on all of your projectors. And that saves a lot of time and a lot of hassle. It really does. No more climbing into small, you know, little places and, <laughs> and flipping switches. Well, fantastic. And of course, as always, whenever you have new product, please let us know here. But for people interested, not only in Happy Fun Land, some of the new production stuff and all the things Spectral Illusions, what are the websites and social medias for people to get that info? So SpectralIllusions.com, S-P-E-C-T-R-A-L, Illusions. Uh, our Facebook and Instagram are both just Spectral Illusions. And then it, Twitter, which 
I use a little less is SPCTRL illusions. No E. No no A, no vowels in spectrum. No vowels. So so it's like Eastern European. Kind of, yeah. Okay. You know, as many as many consonants as you can cram there in you go. space. Well, Carrie, it's always a pleasure to see you here at Midsummer Scream. I wish you again nothing but success with this. Can't wait to see Happy Funland out in real time, and maybe I'll just have to plan a trip down to the South Florida swamps and uh, go explore. Who knows? Watch out for those animatronics. There Darn right I am. Those things terrify the hell out of me. My name is Drew Badger here at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, California. Approximately 2,400 miles away from the South Florida swamps, and we're out. Hi, this is Amy Holloman, Regional Manager from 13th Floor Entertainment Group, and I'm on the Big Scary Show. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. Walk with me into the marketing morgue. As we started talking about in our last episode, that October clock is tick, tick, ticking down. And I'm sure you've wondered at some point, if not right now, how can I get more bang for my haunt advertising buck? What really works today? I hear those questions a lot. And I think in some ways, it's a case of what you don't know can't help you. As an example, are you familiar with OTT advertising? OTT stands for Over the Top, and it refers to technology that delivers streamed content via Internet. Netflix, Hulu, Prime Video, Peacock, and YouTube are all OTT video providers. Spotify is an OTT audio platform. And here's the thing that maybe you don't know. You can advertise on all of them. With the number of cord cutters growing, even running a robust schedule of ads on cable is becoming less effective. We all want to watch what we want, when we want. So, if you could place your ads on Netflix's free with ads version, as well as Hulu, Prime Video, Peacock, and YouTube, your message is reaching your audience when they're watching, and not just when the cable company plugs it in. As another example of something you may or may not know, Hulu has a local reach option for targeting, so you can isolate audiences by city, zip code, or designated marketing area, the DMA, sometimes even by neighborhood. Plus, you can use any combination of these factors for maximum reach. And Hulu is not the only streaming platform that does that. Finding out how to advertise on these platforms is as simple as a Google search. How do I advertise on Prime Video or Peacock or all of them? You want something that's a little more low-tech? I had a haunter tell me once that they were situated near multiple colleges and was looking for a way to reach those students. They printed up hundreds of coasters, bar coasters, with their name, location, and website, and graphics. They looked awesome. They took them around to every bar and restaurant near those campuses, talked with the managers, and gave them free coasters for the month of October. And yeah, it worked. Super targeted, cost-effective advertising. And I'll bet you can come up with ideas that are just as simple, just as brilliant, and just as effective. And when you do, please tell me. I'd love to sing your praises on this podcast. 
In future episodes, we'll rip further into the guts of haunt advertising and probe the most effective and creative ways you can market and promote your haunted attraction. Got a question? You can message me at Voice From Hell on Facebook. I'm Dick Terhune. Join me next time here in the Marketing Morgue, where there's always room for one more. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. This is Matt Zunick, and I'm from the Los Angeles Ghostbusters, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello everyone, it's Drew Badger, and this is Deadline News from episode 295. We're closing in on 300, wow. But we're going to start off with this update from Sir Henry's Haunted Trail in Plant City, Florida. We have a new trail announcement. Experience Wicked Waters, this season only at Sir Henry's Haunted Trail. The manic witch Griselda haunts the desolate swamp on the outskirts of town. Desperate for more power, she's in search of the lost staff of Beatrice, hidden in the depths of the swamp. Legend has it that if found and a secret ritual is performed, it would bring back from the dead the most powerful witch known, Beatrice. Griselda, armed with an ancient scroll, finds the staff and performs the dark ritual that requires human sacrifice and her own blood. Beatrice returns to her full strength and vows to terrorize those who entrapped her. She opens the whole swamp and raises all the dead bodies hidden underneath the bog. Ancient beings of death now roam the land, wrecking havoc on the town. But this is only the beginning. Will you survive the witching season? Find out at Sir Henry's Haunted Trail this season. Get more information at SirHenry'sHauntedTrail.com. We have this from Nightmare at 3008 in Fultondale. Alabama. We're hiring. Want to be part of one of Alabama's top haunts? Do you like scaring people? Submit an application today. You must be at least 17 years of age and available nights during September and October. We're currently looking for actors, makeup artists, and outside line control. Find an application on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash nightmare at 3008. That's 3008. We have this from the Brimstone Haunt in Wilmington, Ohio. We're now hiring at Brimstone Haunt. Benefits? Of course we have some. We offer discounts, food, a killer after-season party, attendance incentives, and most importantly, a haunt family. No experience required. We're now hiring for all positions. Actors, midway, tractor drivers, ticket takers, parking, and more. Apply at brimstonehaunt.com slash apply and don't miss out 
on all the chilling fun. We have this from the Haunt at the Roxbury Home Haunt in Ypsilanti, Michigan. We are in the process of putting together our volunteer team for our Halloween Haunt charity event running October 27th through the 29th from 7 to 10 p.m. We start at ages 16 and go up through adult. We'll be looking for haunt actors, donation table attendants, and queue line attendants. We'll feed you every night and we'll send you home with a swag bag. If you're in high school or college, we'll also give you the form for volunteer community hours. We're looking for about 20 people to fill all these areas. If you're interested, email us at haunt at the Roxbury at gmail.com and we'll see if we can plug you in somewhere. We support Hope Clinic Pantry in Ypsilanti. Get more details at facebook.com slash Ypsi Haunts. That's Y-P-S-I Haunts. We have news from the Blackcraft Haunt coming to Salem, Massachusetts. The new Blackcraft Haunt is opening in Salem this season and is now hiring. They're looking for a head manager, supervisors, actors, makeup artists, and support staff. Please pass this along to anyone you feel would be interested. Email haunt at blackcraftcult.com if interested, or visit facebook.com slash blackcraftcult for more. We have a little sad news from the Shadow's Edge Haunted House in Omaha, Nebraska. The Shadow's Edge Haunted House in Omaha is closing after the 2023 season. We've had an amazing run as one of Omaha's top haunted houses since 2003, and all of its contents will be for sale. We're looking to sell it together as one package. We're compiling a detailed list of contents along with diagrams of the current layout and floor plan to give some perspective of the size of the operation. Our opening night is September 29th, and a week or so prior to, be op- prior to opening would be the ideal time frame to come and see everything included in the sale. We would really like to have the details of the sale and logistics of packing it up to relocate all the contents before the end of the season. The storage trailers are not roadworthy, so arrangements would have to be made in advance for transportation of contents. The Shadow's Edge name, logos, and domain name are not included in the sale. This would be an ideal setup for a new startup haunt or expansion to an existing haunt. If you would like more detailed information when it becomes available, please email Scott Murphy at mpm2299 at gmail.com. Please check out the Shadow's Edge on Facebook for a glimpse of our 20-year history. Thank you in advance. That website is facebook.com slash the shadow's edge. We have this news from Hobbs Grove Halloween Haunt in Sanger, California. Heads up, Halloweeners, Hobbs Grove is calling all creeps and creatures, howlers and screechers, bring your dark zeal and we'll be the teachers. Do you hang out in cemeteries? Have a thirst for blood? When you think no one's looking, do you dress like a bug? If so, we are looking for weirdos like you. Join us for interviews here at Hobbs Grove on Sunday, August 27th, for scare actors and all staff positions. You must be 18 years of age or older by September 29th. Get more information at HobbsGrove.com. 
And finally, we have this update from Days of the Dead coming to Los Angeles. Days of the Dead is pleased to announce that the cast of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, will be having a reunion at Days of the Dead Los Angeles. The reunion consists of Bradley Gregg, Jennifer Rubin, Ken Sagos, Ira Hyden, and Rodney Eastman. Get your tickets and more information at daysofthedead.com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Midnight Syndicate, slight miscalculation on The Big Scary Show. Everybody, Drew Badger here, live at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, and of course, 
Our very fine sponsor, Froggy's Fog, is out here, and it wouldn't be Froggy's Fog without Tater, our very super special correspondent. How are you, sir? I'm great. I've got a cape. Yes, you do, and it is a beautiful one. Tell us what's going on. Well, I got a hot take here, Badger. I'd like to do a new segment on your show for right now. We are all ears. All right, Tater Hot Take. What the hell's up with all these Michael Meyer cosplayers? Uh, there's no Freddy. There's very little Jasons. Looks like everybody and their mother got an invitation from the postman to be Michael Myers. I see 5,000 Michael Myers. Why? They're, they're not going to be better than the original. We saw the movie. We all know it's not the real Michael Myers. It's like insulting the actors that played Michael Myers thinking that you can be better than the actor can be. I'm not here to see some cheesy guy in no blue overalls and a Michael Myers mask. I'm here to meet the other guy that was in the movie, you know, the celebrity, the famous person. I want to talk to him, not some jerk in a costume. <laughs> and, and, and if you're going to do that, that's fine. I, didn't, I don't understand the cosplay thing, but make yours different, right? Put your Michael Myers in a Hawaiian shirt and, a, and some sunscreen on his nose and sunburn him or... Like he's been on vacation or, you know, something like that. Like, no, no, that's me. I'm the Michael Myers that has six bullet holes in the back. I'm the Michael Myers missing a thumb because in that one movie he was missing a thumb. We don't care. There goes a Michael Myers right now. That's a different one. That's a Michael Myers in a dress. Respect to that one. Every other one, step your game up. Let's go. And that is Tater's hot take on The Big Scary Show. We're live in Long Beach at Midsummer Scream, and we're out. I like that. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at Midsummer Scream here in beautiful Long Beach, California, where it was 76 degrees today. Ha, ha, ha to everybody back home. But before we start talking about the weather and everybody starts throwing tomatoes at me, we're hanging out here. It is Friday night. Thousands of people are here in the Long Beach Convention Center. And this person walks up to me and says, I'm a big fan, been listening for a while. I, I love your show, which, of course, is, is great. We, we thank all our listeners out there. And then she says, I've got this really interesting business that has literally just launched, like, this week. So you've probably all heard about the memes of, you know, you go to a funeral and for a fee somebody will go and stand off on the corner far away from the main people who are mourning at the graveside in long flowing robes to make it think you have a mysterious secret or something else. Well, there's somebody that's doing that now. I've got Jolene Blackborn with me with a, a company called Fantasy Funerals. This is, this is a fascinating concept. Jolene, how are you? I'm good, thanks. This is a this is awesome. I what you've told me so far is is really cool. But do I do I basically have that correct? 
Yes, basically every culture has their transporter, their person who takes you to the other side. They don't kill you, they just take you. So whether it's Anubis or Japanese culture has one, uh, Valkyrie, the Grim Reaper, there is someone that takes us to the other side and that's what we do. So you're, you're not like an actual Grim Reaper or an Oni or, or Anubis or anything like that, are you? Just in disguise here? <laughs> no, not as far as I'm aware, but, you know, there's always that, like, Brad Pitt where you don't know that they're actually dust, so you never know. That is true. Yeah. So what you do is you actually hire somebody or you have somebody that will go out to a funeral and just kind of, like, stand off there to the side as if you were getting ready to take them to the other side, so to speak, and... And I, I'm assuming the family knows this. Maybe they don't, or is, I'm assuming this is like prearranged with the person who is deceased. Yes, so we do make sure that the family is aware because we definitely don't want any eggs thrown at us or anything like that because we actually are going to take an active role in the funeral or the wake. So what we do is whatever you want, first of all, as far as within limitations. So, for example, if you want us to literally transport some ashes from one side of the room to the other, we will do that. Or we also have ash boxes. And so if you want your family and friends to walk away with a little bit of your family member, we will provide ash boxes and we will help you distribute those ash boxes. So we don't handle the actual ashes themselves. You will have to scoop them into the ash boxes for us, but we're happy to hold the ash box and give it to friend after friend as they go down the line. Anything along those lines we will do. And, of course, you, you do go and stand at the uh, the wakes themselves and maybe at the funeral site themselves as they're giving the last rites and everything. Exactly. Whatever you want to hire us for. We're just not going to party with you. We're not going to drink with you. It is a respectful moment with your family doing kind of those transportation duties and honoring rites. Now... How far away from, I'm assuming you're out of Southern California, how far away are you willing to travel to, uh, to do this? So, yes, we are based in L.A., so within a few hours of L.A., as long as you're willing to pay for travel, we're happy to go there. So I haven't, as you said, we just launched this week, so we haven't received any requests to go far, but as they come in, we will let people know. But so far, what I can see is apparently somewhere between San Diego and a few hours north of uh, L.A., and hopefully, our goal is to expand beyond L.A. I, I can totally see this franchise to all over the country within a few years. This is a, a really cool concept. You know, people make fun of this and make memes of stuff like this. But, but you've actually brought it to life, and it's, it's really kind of cool. And let's face it, how cool would it be to have somebody in dark flowing robes and a grim reaper holding a big scythe just, you know, 50 feet, 100 feet away from the rest of the mourners at your funeral? I would pay to see that, and I, I'm, I'm assuming they do too. I assume the rates are affordable and everything, but you know we're not going to quote them here. But for people wanting information on this, and I assume if they came from a culture that, you know, maybe a little bit unorthodox, you could probably make accommodations for just about anybody. How can people get more information with websites and social medias? So we are fantasyfunerals.net, and on social media, we are fantasy.funerals on, so far, TikTok and Instagram. Excellent. So, Jolene, I wish you nothing but success on this. I'm, I'm assuming people will be dying to try this out. Uh, sorry, it's, it's late on Friday night. We've been here a while and having a great time here. But fantasyfunerals.net, not .com. Jolene, thank you for taking the time to speak with us here on The Big Scary Show. Thank you.
Excellent. Once again, folks, my name is Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show here at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, California. And we're out. Hi, this is Carrie from Spectral Illusions, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. The Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. Gentlemen, once again, that music is signifying that the Round Table of Terror is on the air, proudly sponsored by our very good friends at HauntPay.com. Check them out for all your ticketing needs. We hope you are enjoying all our extensive coverage of Midsummer Scream out in Long Beach, California, a couple of weeks ago. If you saw our live streams, you may have seen the one we did with Mr. Edward Douglas of Midnight Syndicate. He has a lot of cool things going on, as well as his partner, Gavin Gosca from Midnight Syndicate. They, uh, If you haven't been living under a rock, they have a brand new album coming out very, very soon. And of course, we want to talk to them about that. So we have Ed Douglas and Gavin Gosca from Midnight Syndicate joining us tonight on the Roundtable of Terror to talk about their brand new album, A Brimstone Club. Ed, Gavin, how are you, sir? Good. Hey. Glad to be Good. here. Glad to be here. We are very happy to have you here. We will also talk about Ed's trip to the West Coast and many other things, I'm sure, along with the rest of our hosts, including up in Rhode Island, the home of the stuffy, we have Storm. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about dessert and cool with hip, so I can't think of anything clever to say before we start the uh, roundtable. <laughs> We, we have time for the ending quip. Down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook Jim. I'm excited to hear about uh, this new album, the Brimstone Club. Uh, these guys always put out awesome soundscapes, and, and I, I, I'm sure this will be... I got nothing. Sorry. <laughs> Over in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have Jonna, a.k.a. The Old Crone. Welcome, gentlemen, and I am super pumped for this new album. And I, I can't wait to listen to it to see what I can use in the haunt this year. Nice. Oh, cool. My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina, freshly back from the West Coast. The jet lag has worn off. The humidity is high, but so is the excitement level at the thought of having Ed and Gavin with us. So, gentlemen, I understand you've been busy for a while and you are about to release something special. Very true. This is very true. Yes. The Brimstone Club, our brand new album, is going to land on August 18th. Uh, and we could not be more excited. Uh, we started working on this probably at the end of last year. And I've been working on it since. This, what can we say about it? 
Um, I, well, I think it's safe to say it, it kind of pushes our sound in a different direction, um, which is a, a, a good thing. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away either. You know, it's like. Well, no, it, it's true. Uh, the uh, one of the things there was this really, really cool hell themed cabaret in Paris, France, that was built in the late 19th century and operated till the er through the early 20th century. And this amazing place called Cabaret, I'm not even going to try it, L'Enfer, all right, let's just say L-E-N-F-E-R, <laughs> Cabaret, L-E-N-F-E-R, um, the Paris version of this, existed and what it was is basically you went into this place that served drinks and had entertainment, like entertainment, like I would say like ghost shows, uh, very, you know, it seems very, very strange uh, type entertainment. Uh, and it was decorated literally like you were going into hell, Dante's Inferno. So when you walked in, the, the it was all like a cavern and there were like stalagmites and stalactites. And um, it was all set up that you were greeted by this amazing um, uh, meth like Lucifer would come up and, and meet and, and greet you. And then if you wanted to, you could get your picture taken in a big black kettle in the middle of this place. Uh, they take your picture and have devils poking you with, with pitchforks. Um, all this uh, really amazing when you think that this was all going on uh in the in the in the ninth in the early 1900s late 1800s um this was truly truly the predecessor to every themed restaurant or themed bar you've ever seen and i would say it's a, a predecessor to the haunted attraction and just as a whole um it was really amazing and the best i can do is say Take a look online for this place and look it up and tell me if your imagination isn't sparked like ours was. Um, it, it, it was an, it's an amazing place and, and, and history is such a fantastic source of inspiration um, for, for creative types. And so that's yeah. what it spoke to us. And so we took it in our own direction and we are now bringing to the world the Brimstone Club. Um, and this is a place where the entertainment is truly something to see. And the drinks are strange, but fascinating. Um, but what is most interesting is the clientele that's in this place. And perhaps what might be lurking beyond uh, what you see on the stage. Behind the scenes. Exactly. That's 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 a pitch. It's it's an exciting theme for us, and we really like spread our wings and went and went for it on this. It's definitely got a story to it, kind of like Thirteenth Hour and Carnival Arcane. Some of the ones that we do that definitely could definitely feel a story. Uh, that's that's the vibe on this one. Um, so it certainly stands on its own. A lot of great songs on there, but there's a story here too, all to be left up and determined by. Uh, we just cannot wait to see what the haunt community 
uh, and all the amazingly creative people out there see when they hear this album. Now, Gavin, I know that it may not have been the last show, but maybe the show before that, when we had you on a couple of years ago, you were talking about you play a lot of music from or inspired by that era. I think you have a, a whole side project. I, the name escapes me at the moment. Oh, Parlor Muse. Parlor Muse, yes. Is, was that a large influence on this album? Were you like, hey, let's do something based on some of the music I do from Parlor Muse, or at least look into that time frame for this kind of, uh, for this kind of a project? Not, not intentionally. Um, I actually, I put Parlor Muse kind of on the back burner indefinitely um, a little while ago, just because I wanted to focus on some other things. I may get back to it at some point. Um, but I think subconsciously, like I've always been and probably always will be interested in the Victorian era and, and, you know, that kind of that, you know, classic era, big band music and everything. Um, so probably those influences crept in. Um, for me, I, I pulled just, I imagine like old school Europe, you know, when I was writing a lot of the tracks and I think that instrumentation just, you know, kind of, kind of naturally fed into the songs and everything. And that feel that, that kind of approach to songwriting is just picturing the streets of old Europe and such. And, um, th I think that was probably the bigger influence for me, at least. How many times did you guys watch the film Moulin Rouge during this? <laughs> Uh, I did not actually. <laughs> not, I did not it either. Just, that's that's what comes to mind right I, there when when I start hearing about this. Yes, you know, and you'll hear, you know, we've had a couple people that have heard this concept that think of the Hellfire Clubs and stuff like that. We're gonna leave it all up to you, the listener, to decide what you're seeing and hearing on this one. Um, you know, for me, it was this this cabaret hell from Paris, France. The images of this, the facade of this building is, are so incredibly amazing. And, and the, the, just a few pictures that you could see from inside so much is left up to the imagination as to what exactly went on there. Um, uh, you know, and, and what, you know, could have gone on there. It, it's absolutely fascinating. So literally I had all of my pictures from this place lined up when I was writing and just, uh, that that was the constant source of inspiration for for me um uh, that that was on that there's no two ways about it i was gonna say i i see an awful lot of hellfire club t-shirts out there these days yeah right a, right a certain a certain tv show which we yeah. won't name necessarily so you know that does kind of conjure up images when you hear brimstone club that was honestly the first thing that came to my mind was hellfire club okay this is going to be Maybe something retro. I don't know. So, yeah, no, it, it's uh, but it's definitely going back to the. It's definitely going back to the era where so many of our albums, you know, live in this world that we have created over the years, for sure. Well, that, that era was very popular for the spiritualist and the mentalist and and seances. I mean, that was that was you know very very seasonal for what you did here. I think. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely correct. And when you look at some of the pictures, you definitely see some the entertainment that you see, or at least this from the stage. It does look like some sort of spiritualist doing something, or a séance being held, or something to that effect. So yeah, yeah, that is, I'm sure, what helped uh, you know spur the uh, creation of this place. And and right next to it, they had a cabaret heaven, 
and which had, you know, just totally different kind of vibe, but like also, you know, so it was just a, a real fascination with that aspect of, of life and, and death and everything like that they had. So that, that started this whole, this whole thing, I'm sure. So, yeah, but you're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. I can wow. definitely see your inspiration because I am looking at pictures right now. Uh, and wow. Right. <laughs> It's the predecessor it's of the haunted house. It's the predecessor of the fun house. All, all that stuff. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty well, exciting. Artwork, yeah. The artwork for your album is just amazing. Who does your artwork or well, do you guys, do you guys make up the concept for the artwork? Or you have someone else do it or how does that artwork come about? We had, we, this year, this time we went back to the artist who did our Christmas and ghostly gathering album cover which yeah. is one of our favorites uh his name is pascal Casalari, and um he's from france and the coolest part is i said hey pascal we're we're doing a an album that's inspired by something right in your backyard he's not that far from paris and i sent him the pictures and i said let's use this for a, a you know the start of what we envision this club this brimstone club to be like and he just took it and ran with it from there so the album cover for the is i love the album cover um right. and it definitely um yeah it definitely captures what we were going for but you can see where i was in, inspired by yeah the way he uses detail and and you know both of these covers have been like just phenomenal you know you could lose yourself in it if you really yeah. just sit down and, and look just stare at the album cover hopefully while you're listening to the album and just lose yourself in it. There's a lot to see. So there will be a vinyl release then, so we can look at all the details up close. <laughs> Maybe not this time for this one. No, but there at some point in time there will be. We have to be careful. You know, we just have to. We'll eventually take all the albums that people are asking to have pressed on vinyl and and get around and do that. Uh, it won't be initially for this one. Just a little bit too much else going on this year. Of course. Now, earlier you said this kind of tells an, an incredible story and everything. Is this one of the albums where you really need to listen from track one, track two, track three, track four, all the way through at least once? Or will mixing and matching make as much sense? I, you know, I think you would want to, to hear the whole thing like in sequence to, to get a sense of like where it's going and stuff. Um, I don't think it's so tied to the story like in sequence, like, you know, maybe like a, a Gates of Delirium would have been or 13th hour or whatever, whatever. You can kind of pull tracks, you know, from inside and and not feel like it's out of place or like what's going on with this. Um, but yeah, I think it would be, it's, it's good to have that experience at least once to go through the whole thing and like, okay, that's the way this whole thing plays out and then go back and, you know, pick maybe favorites or whatever. Do you guys have a particular favorite track on the album? Oh man. Mm. that's a tough one i'm dying to find out what people think right gavin i would say that this 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 album is it's not all over the place that's that's not that's not accurate but there's a lot of variety there's a lot of there's a lot going on in this one and i'm dying to find out well which tracks people enjoy there are certain ones that i think the haunters are are going to absolutely gravitate towards and it will hopefully serve as some inspiration and uh, and some usefulness in their their scenes and stuff like that. Um, but I can see different, different portions of the midnight syndicate fan base, liking completely different tracks on this one for sure. Um, yeah. 
I think, yeah, I mean, Fortune's Folly is one that we're going to be pushing. Um, we'll probably have, have you spin that, that track. Uh, that, that's probably, it's probably, it's probably my, it's gotta be one of my favorites on this album. Um, just, 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 just cool, different and hooky. <laughs> Looking at the, um, the list of the tracks, the names, um, the Brimstone Club, Fellowship of the House, Saturnalia, am I saying that right? Yep, yep. Okay, and then Voodoo, Glamoury, Fortune's Folly, Amber and Oak, the Incomparable Mr. Jingles, which intrigues me, <laughs> Behind the Curtain, Ghost Light, Green Room, Lucretia, Descending, Ritual Underbelly. That's another one that's really intriguing me is what that's going to be. And then you wrap it up with The Chosen. These are great names for these tracks. So um, I'm already kind of, you know, in my mind envisioning what they might sound like. And I'm probably going to be totally wrong, but very pleased. <laughs> That's the fun of it, though. You know? you never yeah, know it, is, it is part of the fun of it, though. Yeah, it is. Some of them, I think, will live up to what you imagine in your head. I think some yeah. of them, some of them for sure. Other ones, yeah, it's entirely possible we're gonna take you for a little bit of a like a. a ride. But sometimes the title doesn't necessarily call up a specific image, you know. Like, what is that? I, I I'm not even sure, but it sounds kind of intriguing, you know. Uh-huh. I've always wondered how people name instrumental tracks, I and mean, what what is it that caused you to come up with this title versus this title, or does the title kind of just either fall into place or is it like an afterthought? Okay, here's, we'll just make it this. You know, I think it's a combination of both. And I think you had a lot of your titles at least suggested, like Lucretia's one that I, I remember, I think it was always called that, wasn't it? Yep. And Voodoo. And Voodoo. Yeah. And Mr. Jingles, right? Yeah, it was some version of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, for some of mine, it was kind of like we I just started kind of like um, brainstorming on some ideas and, and calling up some, um, you know, like Googling things from that period and in Europe and just, you know, supper clubs and stuff. What were some of the terms and, and things that you might have seen and heard back then? And you just kind of you see things and it's like, oh, let's combine this with that. And, and yeah, that's a good idea. You know, it fits because when you hear those titles that we that we that we've chosen along with the song it also helps tell tell a story or should could get your imagination going on a certain path which is kind of cool like i mean we definitely cover in that first half of the album you're definitely covering some of the things that are going on in this uh club when you first arrive the thing, though, that I'll say I, I have to be kind of careful of is you get so used to working with the working titles for these. We won't name them like in the the song files and stuff to like way at the end. And most of the time we don't even refer to them as even if we know what the names are going to be. It's like, you know, idea four or whatever. So I'm like so used to knowing these tracks from their working That's... titles. I have to like stop myself sometimes and be like, but oh, yeah, right. No, it's it's this song. <laughs> Yes, it's not Faster 4. 4, yeah. It's, yeah. One of these songs title, was called Faster 4 till yeah. just, you know, faster than the number 4. Because it was faster and it was the fourth iteration of Right, Gavin? I don't, I don't know where they came from. <laughs> I don't know, no. Ideal file. New Idea 12? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, exactly. Uh, I'm sure there's some album out there where the tracks are just called Track 1, Track 2, Track 3, etc. But it's not yours, definitely. Okay. I, I, I do just want to remember. know if Faster Four was initiated, uh, you know, while you're drinking a Corona with your family. 
<laughs> Definitely not in my case. <laughs> I'm not so big on the, on the drink myself, but uh, yeah, I couldn't even tell you where that tale, it, you know, it could have been like a series of like, like ideas that were like up more up tempo. And that was the fourth one or something. It's, you know, it could be anything at this point, but <laughs> very nice. I do want to remind you, you are listening to the round table of terror here on the big scary show. We are talking to Edward Douglas, Gavin Gosca of midnight syndicate and their new album, the brimstone club coming out very, very soon. We're going to take a very short break here and we will be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we are back with our very special guests, Ed and Gavin from Midnight Syndicate. Their brand new album, The Brimstone Club, comes out later this month. And we are just giddy as schoolgirls about the concept of this. And and guys, you know, we've mentioned that this is kind of an entire story concept album. You want to listen to it from the beginning all the way through the end, at least for the very first listen. You know, how do you guys, how do you guys do it? You guys have made concept albums in the past, you know, it, and, and so many people these days just write tracks and just kind of like throw them on, you know, whenever they, they need to release something, but, but you guys have spent the better part of, you know, a year probably coming up with this idea, writing, putting out the music. How do you do, how does one design a, an album such as this? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, boy, I think once we decide on the theme, you know, the concept of it and stuff, um, you know, it really just comes down to playing with ideas, getting getting going with writing and everything, and um, you know, imagining certain scenarios and, and and settings and such, and just kind of seeing where your imagination takes you, and um, you know, kind of letting things develop from there. You know. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's immer- It's once you have the theme, it's it. For me, it's all about immersing yourself in everything you possibly can related to that theme. Um, for me, it's so much imagery and stuff like that. Like I mentioned before, looking at the images of the the cabaret hell from from Paris and other things related to that. You know, other things from that time period and other city scenes from that time period, and 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 just really digging into that and. And watching a couple extra horror films that have that vibe that we're, you know, going for just to get your mind in that space and then letting the songs kind of come to you and, and, and working off that just and just assembling that not in any particular order, but just assembling these ideas, these characters, assembling these scenes, um, these moments, assembling them. And, and then that's where the, that's where the magic of Gavin and I just going back and forth comes in where, 
he's bringing forth tracks and I'm bringing forth tracks and we're weeding ones out. Some are, some are working and certain themes and flows to the album are starting to come about just through that collaboration of taking each other's songs and, 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 and bringing it together in a way and, and making suggestions to each other on like changes that we could make that would make things flow even better together. And, and, you know, perhaps coming up with some through all that saying, Hey, we really don't have this aspect of the club covered. You know, have you ever thought about this theme or this character or something like that? And that might lead to a brand new song, you know, just because we go back and we think about that, that character, that scene that we just talked about and see if something come comes about. And um, as we mentioned earlier too, sometimes, you know, as an artist, we have songs that we have been sitting in the deep in the archives for a long time. Sometimes uh, a nugget like that can lead to a full fledged song on a new album. Uh, that's definitely the case for one of these songs on this album. One of the songs on this album is a, based on a nugget that is from <laughs> 2000, 2001, maybe, maybe even the nineties. I think I know, I, maybe there's more than one, but I, I, I know of one of mine that actually came exactly from that. Um, it was uh, a snippet from that we used on, on Carnival Arcane actually it was an idea yep. that, that I used a, a bit of uh, for that. And we were originally going to just develop that idea more and kind of use it in full for this and sort of loosely tie the two together. Um, but me just being the adamant new idea guy, I'm like, let's see, let's see what I can come up with here. And I just kind of sat down one night and, um, you know, just tried to come up with something new based on that, like not using that idea, but like same tempo, same idea and stuff. And it turned into this whole thing. And I, I think it actually ended up being a way, way, way better song um you know the, the way it played out and everything it was one of the few times where i knew musically where i wanted it to go as i was writing it it's like no okay that cadence then here then this kind of a line it was that's rare for me to have that happen usually it's like you'll come up with an idea or you have an image in mind that you want to try and convey or whatever and it's like okay how can i convey that image this was like musically i just knew where i wanted it to go with it being kind of themed from about 100 to 120 years ago, did you want to use or did you use, say, more period-specific instruments back then? Were there like auto harp sounds or hmm. harpsichord or, you know, music that you would hear from that time as opposed to your guys being known so much for, you know, modern-day synthesizers and stuff? You know, I, I think that was, um, we talked about that actually at one point, like, I think I even brought up the idea of using like an accordion in this. That was like one of my goals. I'm like, I have to use an accordion in this just because it's a European theme thing and we can get away with it and stuff. And I don't know if that, I don't think there's one on there actually. Um, but that being said, yeah, there's like a pump organ that comes in in one song. You know, there's, there's a, a lot of that influence that kind of crept in, even though it might not have been like, okay, we need to use a bazooki for this line because it's again, a European thing. You know, it was just kind of like, that's the right feel that that instrument kind of conveys what we're going for. Yep. I've got a bandolino if you, if you really want one. So nice. we can talk about that. I, there's only like a dozen people on the planet that I know that know how to play this thing. And I certainly can't, but you know, we, we'll talk off the air about that. But uh, any questions from the hosts at this point? Well, I've got a comment, and a lot of it has to do with our conversation before the break. 
uh, as to far as the concept and everything. And, and I got the opportunity to look at uh, the photographs that inspired uh, this new album. And it got me to thinking because it's been what uh, close to 10 years since I brewed a midnight syndicate IPA. And yes, it uh, has actually. And thinking about this and, and looking at the inspiration uh, and the subject matter, which that in and of itself fascinates a lot of people. I've got some ideas for a new beer. Not necessarily, it's not going to be an IPA. It's going to be a darker beer. It's either going to be a porter or a stout, but it's going to have that smoky undertones that might be associated with something like yes. that. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Sorry, getting a little excited there because I remember <laughs> what the Midnight Syndicate IPA tasted like. Well, it's I it, like where you're going with this. I, I've got <laughs> ideas brewing in my head, and there might be a little heat behind it, you know, something to just draw it all up and and, and show that it was that it's worthy of being part of the Brimstone Club. It, Maybe we can get what, some ghost peppers in there. What you are suggesting sounds exactly like something one might find here. At least <laughs> I would say so. Because you it's know, pretty neat. a lot of the images and stuff, you know, like you're saying, Jim, uh, bring up, you know, even the uh, concept of, you know, through American history, you know, the, the ideas of those clubs during uh, prohibition, which would probably be more themed like that, more spiritualism with it if prohibition had been like 40 years earlier uh, mm -hmm. at the end of the Civil War there. So that, that you know, yeah, there are definitely some images there. Uh, my question is, you know, while you're doing the research and you know, digging in for inspiration uh, for this album. Was there any events, people, or artifacts that like really jumped out at you? And you're like, oh man, more people need to know about this thing. I think, you know, I, I think for us, I think, at least for me, I said, I don't want to speak for Gavin on this one, but I think literally this cabaret, when this, this place was the, that was it. For me, this is the thing that when I saw this place, you know, and how much inspiration it was able to give me because there's just enough information about there about it out there, but then so much that's not known. There's a very limited that's written about this place. So talk about a playground for people's imagination, for haunters' imagination, you know, for artists' imaginations. It's it's all right there. So to shine a light on this very, very forward-thinking, really cool, out-of-the-box type bar club in, in Paris back in, you know, the late 1800s. That If we could shine the light on, on this place just a little bit, I think uh, that'll be cool by me. Because that, that for me, really, that and the pictures that you could find online related to this was where I was drawing my... That those are those objects that you were just talking about, Storm. That for me, at least, that's where mm -hmm. I was pulling from. Yeah, I think right. I, what you said about it being kind of a playground for the imagination. I think that was kind of um, you know, more of my approach going in too. It's like that it kind of set the stage, like the setting set the stage. But then it's kind of like, okay, what do we want to have happen here? Like, let's just kind of run with customizing it and stuff. Maybe yes. part of that was due to the fact that there wasn't a lot of information, but some of it is like, well, what would we want to have happened here? You know, it's like, you start kind of thinking like that, like, what if this happened, you know? Exactly. Yes. Well, I mean, I, you know, even for me, seeing some of the pictures, like that big mouth facade for the entrance, yeah. You know, that, that, that conjures up ideas uh, for me. And I wonder, it, 
to me, it's like, oh, what happened to that? Because we hear so many stories from, you know, haunts from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, which would have something like that, a big clown facade or something. And where is it now? What haunt has it gone into? Whose backyard is it in? So, you know, I mean, even, you know, before listening to albums stuff, there's stories in my head going, what, you know, where did that thing go? Whose basement is that sitting in right now? <laughs> I love it. Think of, I love it. Absolutely. Think, think of all the dark rides back from the 20s and 30s even that had those giant mouths. There's oh, just no way that they're, yeah, they're, it's, all, yeah it's, it's all interrelated. Yeah, it is. That's classic stuff there. It is. Oh, and Jim, I love the fact that you're thinking of Porter for your beer because, you know, obviously that fits in the time period as well. You know, we're talking late, late 1900s, the Porters and Ales owned you know, America, at least, you know, as far as. Absolutely. It's the only type of beer that and the stout are the only two that came to mind for this type of. Yep. Uh, and I'm leaning a little more towards the porter, but because I can get more of that smokiness underneath yep. uh, and just that touch of heat that isn't overpowered by a stout. Nice. Sorry, I Don't got us distracted, but now you got me thinking about <laughs> Uh, that it, it, I just can't wait to see, hear the results and maybe even taste. I don't know, even yeah. though I don't drink, but I'm willing to sample. Um, last time you were on the show, been about a year or so, I think was the first time you guys had mentioned to us about your legions of the night, your kind of online social media following group and everything. And, and this will be the first time you guys have put out a new album since you've introduced the legions of the night. i Forgive me if that's not the correct name. Oh, it is. But, um, absolutely. How has the reaction from the members of the Legion and for people who aren't familiar, what exactly is that? And you actually just emailed or sent out a mass mailing today, even. Yes. Regarding the new album to the members of the Legions. What, what, what's going on with that? And what was the uh, contents of the uh, brand new announcement you guys made? Well, you know, we, we wanted to last year, you know, it was our 25th anniversary. We wanted to, Legions of the Night, if you go back to the earliest Midnight Syndicate albums, you'll see a, a thing in there. It used to be just a, something you used to send in and you'd be part of our mailing list. And just last year with the 25th anniversary, we decided we want to up that. Bring back Legions of the Night and make it much more interactive. Make, make it, um, you know, and, 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 and really connect with not only new fans, but our existing fans and supporters. And there's so many out there that we've either lost touch with, or they just have no way of reaching out and connecting with us. So we formed legends of the night. So people that like our music have a place where they can go and uh, they'll be the first to know about new albums. They'll get music first. They'll get like, you know, special merch and stuff like that. It's our way of thanking them for, uh, you know, for following us and like, and, and such. And if, if, if legions isn't your thing, it's, it's fine. We're still super active on Facebook and all these other places that you can find us. Um, and we're going to continue to be, but yeah, legions is something that we really relaunched last year. And, um, uh, and it's been wonderful. Um, cause it's cool. We can, we're, everybody's really super excited about the new album too. We could talk about, throw out a couple you know, breadcrumbs for folks to to chew on while we're waiting for it to come on out. And uh, that's what we basically did today, you know, when we sent out the announcement and stuff. And just giving a little bit of advance, we give a little bit of advance notice to people, to them on, on things that we're doing and, uh, you know, out, a couple tracks before they're released and stuff. Like we're going to do here today with you. Excellent. What's the, uh, what's the deal with the coin? We do have a 25th anniversary coin. The 20th anniversary coin was a big hit. So we're going to keep minting them every maybe five years. We'll put out a new one. So 
25th anniversary, we got a new coin, and and the theme of this year's coin is going to be the Legions of the Night and, you know, the standard Midnight Syndicate thing on the other side. So it's cool. Um, it's going to start up a series of, you know, making these little, like, collectibles uh, and, and, I don't know, things for people to, to, to enjoy and to have and stuff, uh, you know. So much has changed with the way music is distributed and everything like that. And, you know, uh, not everybody needs a CD anymore, like uh, to, <laughs> to listen to their music. So, so, you know, it's just a great way. It's a great way to, certainly to support us for sure. Um, but also for us, a way to give back and uh, celebrate these different releases um, with a lot of time merchandise, merchandise and collectibles and stuff like that, you know. Got a beautiful T-shirt with the ribstone. Thank you. Um, yeah. Artwork on it. That is gorgeous. That's our buddies from Brain Brainstorm. So it's Pascal's yeah. art, but Brainstorm Studios, Brainstorm it's, Design Group. It's it's gorgeous. I'm definitely going to get one. Yes, thanks. And I I, I want to ask you, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, if you saw our live feeds on our Facebook page, and they're still up there. We had a conversation at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach this past week or so. Um, that was your first trip out there. What were your impressions? What did you think of of a show like that? And and I noticed that you are starting to make more and more convention appearances. I know Gavin has been do doing it at you know non horror events, more anime and and things like that. But um, I I've not really seen your name up there on the uh, convention circuit until really just recently. We're going to try and, and get out there when we can, um, certainly when the schedule allows. And, um, and, and yeah, we were just really excited to uh, – David had us out there uh, to Midsummer uh, Scream, and, and uh, it, was, it was awesome. You know, we want to get out there and, and do more of these, especially get out, getting out to the West Coast was amazing. Midsummer Scream is – wow. Wow, what a what a convention. I've n never seen any convention quite like it before. Um, it was great. It's all, you know, what you'd expect from the haunters and the, the vendors. It's a very exciting mix of stuff for the industry and stuff that uh, you just like to collect and, and look at. And there's, there's celebrities and um, and panels and a, and a wide range of things. And, and yeah, the Hall of Shadows, that's pretty amazing. Just all these haunted houses that you walk through within the con. That's, that's awesome. I'm sorry. That's like super freaking cool. And um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was blown away uh, by the event really well run. Uh, they really know what they're doing out there and um, they provide a great, a great time for everybody that goes there. Uh, you can see why it's growing so much. They, I mean, it's, a, it's amazing. So I was blown away and it was great doing panels. Uh, we did one panel on on horror in role playing games, and then I did another one where I just talked a little bit about the history of Midnight Syndicate and uh, the challenges that we faced uh, when we first started out, and the ups and downs of uh, being an independent artist all these years. So, and it was good. Um, so, yeah, just uh, nothing but positive to say about that. And um, yeah, I could see a Gavin and I doing some. We just need to do some together. Now we need to do a panel together where Gavin and I talk about the history of Midnight Syndicate. Maybe we'll do another one at Transworld sometime, or maybe one of these other cons. And, and maybe you can replace the word panel with the word mini concert. You know, grab a couple <laughs> of keyboards from someplace, and, and you know, maybe at maybe when the door. That's what everybody wants. Yep. Yes, everybody yes, wants is. to see us. Yes, and I and we understand <laughs> that too. We definitely do get the get the we we understand that that people want to to see us, and we want to you know. We want to play for them, too. so we'll, let's just we'll have to see where, see where 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 life takes us now. 
And, and I know that in the past you have been performing live at, at a certain place. And, you know, while there's nothing official yet, I'm, I'm sure there's probably been some discussions about things that you may have done in the past at, at certain Northern Ohio theme parks, maybe uh, Gavin, Ed, Gavin, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've, um, uh, we've definitely had some conversations with uh, the good folks over at Cedar Point. Um, yeah. And I know it's getting really close to, you know, Halloween starts uh, next month. So it's getting down to the wire on that, but unfortunately we do not have anything uh, officially to announce at this point. Hopefully, you know, you never know what the future can hold, but um uh, definitely, you know, it's always been a blast working with them, for them and everything. And it's something that we would go back to in a heartbeat. So given the opportunity, you know, <laughs> we'll keep you posted. Uh, Sandusky is a lovely town that time of year. And of course, you know, Bill Crisioni has Lake Erie Fear Fest going on there. And there there may be reasons, you know, roller coasters at night, if nothing else. Halloween's is just, oh, my God, it's a spectacular event in and of itself whether or not you guys are participating but we won't we won't dwell on that anymore but definitely a lot it's worth going for the continental breakfast at the sandusky airport uh radisson (laughs) 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 wow wow (laughs) somebody must have experience with that that that's fantastic And, you know, you know, love going to theme parks at Halloween because of the roller coasters and and all the spooky stuff and all that. And and, and hopefully in the next three or four weeks, we're going to have Tony Clark from Cedar Point on probably big, scary news. And hopefully he will drop all the information. So stay tuned to big, scary news coming to you next week and the next couple of weeks after that, because that's what we do here on the Big Scary Show. But gentlemen, since um, since we did talk a little bit about it, Ed, are you making any other convention appearances? Gavin, are you looking at uh, doing any anime shows anytime in the near future? Um, yeah, I actually have one this weekend, <laughs> strangely enough, uh, down in Columbus. Uh, so it's not that far of a drive here. Uh, Mitsuri Con, um, that will be my first time back on the con scene since late June. I have really been cutting back on cons, actually. Um, but that could be a whole other probably discussion unto itself, but um, just noticing things, trends with uh, with the way that that industry has kind of been going and stuff. And um, of course, everything going up in price is, you know, makes it more challenging to do events and just kind of, you know, uh, you, you know, you don't want to get too crazy with your prices or anything for the customer's sake. Um, so yeah, I think I was down this year to six, I want to say conventions. My peak was three. 33 or 34 uh, a few years back well more than a few years back but so yeah a little less busy on that front but still happy to be doing it love the love the crowds and everything love you know doing that so how many how many people if you go to an anime show how many people know you from midnight syndicate um i don't want to say no one but kind of next to no one (laughs) it's a very different scene um yeah i had a couple people come up to me at um there's a couple of cons fairly recently. I think one might have been even this year. One was last year that like wanted to see these sign because they knew that I was an Indian syndicate. But it's completely different scene, you know. Totally imagined. But I, I know a lot of anime fans who uh who like to go to haunted houses every now and yeah. then. So they're probably at least hearing your music somewhere. If uh, yeah. there's if a lot not at the con. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fantastic horror-based anime, too. So, you know, they're not exclusive. It's just I find there's not as much crossover in the, between those two things as, you know. I thought Zombie High School was a great anime. 
and a good manga too, I believe. So my my son's really into that stuff, and he he shows stuff to me every now and then. And nice. and and I know that you used to go to Raleigh for a uh, show down there. Is that yeah? Off, is that one of yours that you've dropped, or do you still try to make you a know, pilgrimage down there? I want to say that Animazement was um, Memorial Day weekend, and that is the weekend that like a million and one cons are all on now. Like literally, there are like fifty thousand cons all on that one weekend. So I had to pick and choose. Uh, and NakaCon is where I ended up. Uh, that is, you know, always been one of my best shows, one of my favorite shows. Not that you know, it's, certainly Animazement has been too. Uh, they had some amazing guests uh, down there, you know, a while back. Um, but it's like when, you know, when push comes to the show and you can only do one, it's like, well, okay, fine, you know. <laughs> but if they ever move their dates, like, off of one another, I think NakaCon's kind of the culprit on that. They moved on to Memorial Day weekend. They used to be back in March um, before the disease that shall not be named. But uh, then I think that was, like, the only available ability that they had, and they became kind of known as being on that weekend. So hopefully some of these will start, like, moving off of the same weekend again. You can only attend so many. How about you, Ed? Are you uh, making any appearances anytime soon? I I might might be heading back down to the Halloween Preservation Society show down in Texas again uh, in November. But uh, as of right now, that's the only one that uh, a little bit too much going on with the new album. Uh, not that's one of the biggest reasons that we can't do is the show sometimes just too much too much work. How much uh, promotion do you guys put out there for an album like this, other than email and social media stuff? Do oh, you like just, hit the newspapers or have the local news crews come talk to you? Or, or I'll tell like you, it's, it's so different now. It's 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 completely different than it used to be. Where yeah, I mean, you know, there was a couple of years where we considered taking an ad out in Rolling Stone magazine or just going big and uh, we would do we would do some specials we would just we took out some ads in in women's day that had a huge halloween section and uh you know um we take ads out there like in in but things have man things have changed uh so much in the music industry and um it's really just changed the way that you have to approach the way you promote things so yeah i mean look this 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 brimstone club this 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 new album from a marketing standpoint too is it's a little bit of new new territory for us because let's face it when we started off we would take our albums we would go to trans world we would sell our albums and then come this time they would be in all the stores and it would be just a matter of letting anybody know to go check them out that's not the case anymore now you can pre-save our album right now and and that's something we'll talk about like or at least give you the link and stuff to, um uh, people can pre-save the album, and the second that October 18th rolls around at midnight on Eastern Time, 9 p.m. on in Pacific Time, that album will be downloaded onto your phone and be right there. Free, nothing, if you have Spotify. You know, and you could still download. That's Talk about a major change in the way that music is delivered, and, and it makes it makes me feel quite old when I say <laughs> that. Um, but that's, that's the reality, so... Uh, that's just the way people get their music and the way people use their music has changed so much. Uh, the way that you promote your albums and, and let everybody know about it has to change too. So we're constantly evolving and trying to do that. And yeah, it's, you know, starting now and going straight through for the next couple of weeks, it's going to be like letting every single person possibly know, <laughs> know, Hey, we have an album, you know, and, and it's cool too, because also you, it doesn't even cost anybody to check it out. 
You could choose to support us, and that's freaking fantastic. But you know what? Spinning us on Spotify or telling your friend about us and having them follow us on Spotify and listen to us, that helps us. Every bit helps. Uh, every bit helps support. So, um, you know, whether it's buying the album or whether it's streaming it, or it, it's all good. And so that's what we're going to be doing, just motivating everybody to just give it a shot. And I think they're going to like what they hear. So that's cool. It's good when you feel, you have an album coming out that you feel good about, like we do right now. I think when we asked you this question last year, I kind of sort of know what the answer is going to be. But when we asked you last year, hey, do you have any new music coming up? You guys were like, oh, you never know. You'll just have to wait and see. And, <laughs> and so I'm going to ask it again. You know, do you have on the heels of this one, not even out yet, during the writing process, during the creating process of this last album, were there like some leftovers discarded we can't get this one on the album just doesn't quite fit that maybe we'll be on something in the future uh you never know um you know usually we don't really develop in a full way uh any ideas that aren't we know aren't going to work like if it's just right off the bat now that's not right for this we'll just kind of leave it as an idea and keep it in the folder but you know not not go any farther with it and stuff so it's not like there's this library of like b-sides or something that's waiting to be unearthed or something um but yeah i mean you, you never know you know yeah, it, it is like literally <laughs> like it sounds it sounds it sounds vague but no i mean and, and you gotta keep an eye to the future but also we gotta we gotta live in the now right now and uh and really focus on letting everybody know about this album check it out <laughs> i think there's going to be an awful lot of haunts that might be playing some of the uh the music from this this year and 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 for years to come because That'd be it awesome. just sounds like it's going to be another fascinating fascinating album looking at the clock here i know we have to start winding down just a little bit any uh questions from the hosts before we start winding this down well you guys you know keep producing coins so you're saying you're not doing a pirate album next <laughs> you would be the fourth you'd be the now you are the fourth person in the last week to bring up the pirate sea theme uh, to us, uh, that oh, has definitely been a theme that has been on the table closer than not a couple times over the the years and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that you can that can really trigger your imagination when you think about the the sea and what lies underneath and all everything you know. And yeah, I know everybody thinks pirates first and foremost, but there's a lot too, lot to that 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 arena that you can really dig into. It's just one, it's one of the themes that we've absolutely considered. And it's, you know, that's, you know, when we get done, if we just say, you know, when we decide that it's time to, you know, release another album, you know, it's time to look through those themes that we've talked about over the years and, and see where, see what's speaking to us at the time. Oh, hey, please tell remember. me there's a research trip to Mexico city and a mariachi, you know, concept, <laughs> uh, brewing too. <laughs> nice. Well, of course, yeah. I thought we that went without saying, but yeah, yeah. We, we have been begging for a mariachi album for you years, have. and Jerry Vane <laughs> just have. keeps poo-pooing the idea. Damn it! But uh, <laughs> remember, it was only about two or three years ago that sea shanties were a huge thing for about two weeks in this country. So, if you remember the sea shanty craze of like 2020 or 2021, that was a uh, you know, there's there's always room for a sea shanty album. Or so. I'm telling you, mariachi, it's an untapped uh, market in the whole country. It is. That it probably Huge is. Hispanic that population. It sure is. It sure is. 
Think of the Hispanic population in Southern California, Ed. You know, that's an untapped market right there and many other places. So, you know. We've been very happy that a lot of our music on YouTube is being used on YouTube in a series of, of, of videos from, from Mexico and that region and stuff like that. Just using it as background, stuff like that. But we get notified of these things and some significantly, oh, nice. yeah, lot, lots going on down down in that, that related. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you guys have like a favorite TikTok video that's pulled up uh, using your music for inspiration? We're, we got to look for more. We need to really push the TikTok thing more. I think our, our music would be perfect for, for TikTok. And so this new album is definitely getting delivered to TikTok. So people that want to make TikToks from songs on this album will be able to very easily. They should be with a lot of our music, though. And um, yeah, we, we, we're hoping... We're hoping some people, really creative people, will do some things. But yes, we have some. We do have a TikTok page, and um, we have liked any any super cool videos that use our, our music. And there's been a couple that are really cool. I, I just have this vision in my mind of Jim riding a skateboard, drinking Gatorade, and playing voodoo in the background. <laughs> and it would be a viral sensation, just it like that be. dude did with Fleetwood Mac. But yes. that, that's another that story. It happen. <laughs> we we could make that happen. That'd be outstanding if Jim's re- willing to get on a skateboard. But um, anyway, any final questions before we start winding this down? I've got a comment. Um, apparently, the Midnight Syndicate coins go up in value because I'm looking at your shop, and that's oh, it, it, no, we just were, we've run we we run we run a limited amount of them. So as we get down, just like anything else, just like the out of print stuff, you know, there comes a time where there's just a few left and it's like, well, it's for the, you have, you have, we just, you know, there's a couple of people that really want them. So we just, uh, oh, that doesn't sound right. What I'm trying to say is things that are out of print, you know, when we get down to the low, we partially don't want to really, we just kind of like raise the price a little bit. Um, uh, Supply and demand. There you go. <laughs> a little bit. It's only on the it's not it, it's only on the stuff that's out of print. You know what I mean? That's because you have just a few left. You know, we start we always start by charging everything very low for everybody at four. We all we never want we always want to make our fans happy. Uh, that's that's the number one thing. But yeah, some things eventually we don't plan on printing again. So that's what we that's what we do. So they increase in value. See, my, they my, do. They do. I guess yes, you would say that. <laughs> they increase in value. So get them while you can. I would say that yes. <laughs> Who needs a 401k when I can have some midnight syndicate coins? <laughs> oh, no, <I> would say- <laughs> <laughs> hey, but probably more stable than most cryptocurrencies. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, I don't mind saying that that's the case. Any final questions from the go hosts? Well, Ed and Gavin, it's always a delight to have you on the show. Remember, folks, the Brimstone Club is coming out soon. Be sure to pre-order. I assume pre-orders are going pre-order to be Pre-order and pre-save. Yes, absolutely. If you go to our website, right on the front page will be all the information you need. It'll take you to a page where you can pre-order it, pre-save it. Again, free on Spotify. It'll literally just download into your, into your saved playlist the second that it becomes available and you can listen to it. Um, but it's be on YouTube. It'll be everywhere. And uh, once it's released on Friday, August 18th, um, all the that same link will take you to every place that you can listen to or stream it or buy it. It'll all be active and immediately. And you can go to your favorite streaming 
a service or download service and and pick it up. And of course, we certainly appreciate uh, any of that and uh, and just hope that everybody really likes what we've put together here. And it's August 18th. It's dropping, right? That's right. Friday, August 18th. I'm not sure if somebody said October at one point in there. I'm going, oh, wow, it's late in the haunt season. No, no, so, not at all. We want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, use it for this year. Things we right. can get it out, uh, to be honest. You know, we were working down to the wire this time. And, of course, for any haunt owners, if you're opening a new haunt and you need some music or you're an existing haunt and you want to add this, this, of course, is still royalty-free, as it always has been. Yes, you just simply go and register at the under the haunted attractions tab on our website. Excellent. Yes, and of course, not, yeah, it's it's um you're able to use it royalty free in your haunted attraction. We should say if you need to use it for a commercial or something like that, or in in another production, you just need to reach out to us, and that's a separate thing. But we yes, try and work with everybody a, when we can. That's a whole nother ball of wax, but um definitely. And since you've been mentioning your website without actually mentioning the name, we'll just go ahead and say this is the time of the show where we like to have you guys plug it. So for all the people interested in the new album, anything that you still have in print, the Legions of the Night fan club, all the amazing things concerning Midnight Syndicate, Ed and Gavin's personal appearances, um, all that good stuff. Where is the best place for them to get information about Midnight Syndicate? MidnightSyndicate.com. Super easy. Come on and in, on, check it out. And pretty much all the socials, the TikToks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, or X, or whatever they call it these days, Facebook, it's all Midnight Syndicate. Exactly, but you can get to it all straight from MidnightSyndicate.com. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask, what about Vinyl Arcade? I hear you've got some shows coming up. <laughs> Vinyl Arcade is rocking and rolling and, uh, and, and keeping things uh, heated up in Northeastern Ohio during the summer months. Is there a link where people can check out where you might be showing up and performing? Uh, yes, things? just look up Vinyl Arcade, vinylarcade.com. A night of fun, no doubt. Gavin, do you have a website for personal, um, you know, Parlor Muse, you said is kind of on the back burner, but for any of the other musical projects you have going on? Yeah, just uh, GavinGoska.com, G-V-I-N-G-O-S-Z-K-A. Um, and I know things have been a little a little quieter than, than not on that front, but do not be deceived. I'm always working on something, you know? <laughs> always nice to hear that you guys are staying busy with this stuff. We uh, wish you nothing but success with the brand new album the brimstone club dropping using the dj term august 18th look to midnightsyndicate.com for pre-sales pre-saves all that good stuff ed and gavin it's such a pleasure to have you here on the big scary show as well as our regular hosts including storm uh, you know, I, I got moving. This means I only got about 10 days from this recording to learn how to play the arch lute so I can play along with the new album. Very nice. We also want to thank Meat Hook Jim. Break out the skateboard. Yes. <laughs> and the brewing equipment. Yes. Couldn't do this again without the old crone, a.k.a. Jonna. I am still patiently waiting for my Midnight Syndicate album. It's medieval. Mm, nice. That, that's going old school right there. My name is Drew Badger, and I do want to say 
I just want to see the publicity photos of Ed and Gavin in long flowing robes with giant turbans on their heads, holding mystic eyes that hold dark secrets, because I think that would be perfect for this album. You are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. I don't know about turbans, maybe a fez. Oh, definitely one in a fez and one in one of those big turbans with the big giant jewel right in the middle. Like, I can just totally see that. And our guests are weirded out by Badger's strange fantasy. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is the Big Scary Show. Good night, everyone. (laughs) No, not like, um, you know, not like Johnny Carson giant, obscenely giant turban, but like, you know, like the old mesmerists or uh, seance makers back in the day. They'd come out with that turban and long robes, and they're always from the mystic east. They've learned a dark secret. Or something. Or something. Could, to- could totally see that happening. Mark Wing, and I'm the creative director of Six Flags Magic Mountain Pride Fest in Valencia, California, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at Midsummer Scream in beautiful Long Beach, California. We are having a grand old time, and you know what they say, you never know who you're going to run into when you go to a show like this, and I certainly didn't expect this to happen, but the one, the only frog zombie himself Lee George from Ticket Leap, remember them, is here. He's at Midsummer Scream. He's sitting at the booth here. Lee, what the hell are you doing in Southern California in July? Man, first off, can I just say, when you drop a frog zombie, that means you've been around this industry for a long time. I'm an old man. That is old school reference. I almost <laughs> want you to like put the costume on and walk around here. That would be just like freaking awesome i i'd like to think i I may have burned that costume 20 years ago true (laughs) but tell us seriously you are here you're hanging out you're checking out all the cool stuff i know your boys are here and everything having a hopefully a grand old time eyes wide open and mouths agape but when i say ticket leap 
A lot of people knew you left Ticket Leap a few years ago, but something has happened in the meantime. Yes. So, you know, they like they say, what's old is new again. And that's kind of what happened with me. So there's this crazy pandemic thing happened. It, it I don't, did. I don't know if you recall that. And it kind of forced me into a, a hi- hiatus of sorts. And uh, but but even during all the COVID craziness, I you know I wasn't leaving this industry. I was still staying in touch with my friends and my colleagues and my clients, and still going to you know all the shows uh, because you, you know how this is when you've done this for for so long. You're not just going to stop. You're institutionalized, aren't you? Exactly. You're not allowed to leave, and you don't want to leave. So, you know, I, I was I was thinking to myself, well, you know, what am I going to do? What? And it kept eating at me, and, and, and Ticket Leap came back to me, and they said, we got to get you back in the game. And I said, you know what? I want, I want to be back in the game. So, so I am back as, a, as an advisor and as a consultant um, in regard to the haunts for Ticket Leap and for Show Clicks, our, our, our brother product. And uh, it's awesome. You get to go to shows like this, and they pay you to do that. I mean, exa- sort of. No, that's it. I mean, okay. I basically, I mean, I told them, I said, you know, I want to do the fun stuff. You know, I want to be out with my my friends and my slash clients, and I want to immerse myself in this industry. Um, and I, I still think I, I, you know, I have value to add in regard to ticketing and helping a lot of my clients with their ticketing needs and and what they're doing and how they're growing their business and you know all that fun business stuff that you, that you got to do to keep your heart alive. So I'm doing that. And I'm coming to these shows. I'm hanging out with people like you. Life is good. <laughs> well, we will we will discuss that off the air, obviously. But so you're you're actually a consultant now with Ticket Leap, which is nice because you don't have to sit in an office from nine to five every day with a suit and tie and and you know act all professionally. You're you're out here in shorts and a t-shirt with pumpkins on it and all this cool stuff, hanging with the cool kids. And then there's us, so you know it, it works out great. Well, for the records, badge, I, I'm in a I'm in a haunt shirt T-shirt, so yes. I'm you know I'm You're still representing in, haunt shirts. Man. Right, we love it. I'm representing haunt shirts, so you know, but yeah, you, you you hit the nail on the head. I'm doing the fun stuff right now. Yes, I kind of dabble in some of the business, but I don't have to do the nine to five busy work. I can be out here at the shows, hanging out, connecting with all my friends. And, and there are some cool haunted attractions going on. In this area, you know, several of them are out here. Oh my gosh, it's a scary ghost. Over out here doing some really neat stuff. You know, you got Rain of Terror over here, you got the LA Haunted Hayride, you got all this really cool stuff going on. So, you know, I'm sure they have ticketing needs that need to be met. Everybody does, I, as I've told you in the past, and, and we all know this, ticketing is not the most exciting part of, of this industry, but it's a, it's a must, it's a requirement. It's something what you have what to are you going to do without ticketing? Are you just going to say, come on in, you just hand me money and I'll let you in? I don't think that's how it works these days. Exactly. If you're not selling tickets, you're not buying the animatronics and paying the actors and you know, being able to do all that good stuff. So, uh, like I said, although it's, it's not the, maybe the, the, the most uh, exciting part of the industry, it's a necessary part, and, uh, and that's what I'm still here able to do, which is great. It's fantastic, and we're just super excited to have you here. And, and you know, your first time at Midsummer Scream, you've been to IAPA, you've been to Transworld, you've been to Midwest, you've been to all the other shows. Your initial thoughts, first of all, yesterday you couldn't get in because they were over capacity. This is Sunday. What are your thoughts of this show? Well, everybody warned me. All my haunt, all the haunters said, "Oh my gosh, it's going to be a huge line. You're going to, it's going to take forever to get in there." And I said, ah, "You know how bad could it be?" I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, you know, Southern California in the summer. You know, they're all at the beach having fun. 
this place is slammed. It is absolutely jammed. I couldn't get in yesterday. I was able to get in today. It's, it's slammed today on a Sunday. This is a super fun show. I mean, if you like Halloween, horror, you know, in any capacity whatsoever, this is a really cool place to be. And you walk out the Long Beach Convention Center, you turn to the left, Queen Mary, Marina, Fish Tacos, you know, the beach is just down the road. You know, I was in Huntington Beach early this morning, surfing, the, the U.S. Open of surfing's going on down there, watched a lot of that going on. You know, it, it's just an amazing part of the country, and you know, for all the people who might be in places like, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, you know, Illinois, who, who may not get a chance to come out to a place like Southern California, it's a whole different world out here. It, it is. And, uh, you know, again, for those of us that aren't in uh, the lovely Carolinas. Uh, um, 99 <laughs> degrees with 80% humidity. It sucks right now. But uh, There's 40% humidity out here. They're complaining, you know. It's hot everywhere. Yeah. But you're, you're right. That I, I brought my family here. I mean, we made this a whole family vacation. So, yes, I'm doing the work. And I'm, I'm here kind of representing Ticket Leap and Show Clicks. But we're also making this a whole vacation. We're doing all the fun stuff. We'll hit Disney and Universal and, and make a whole trip out of it. Uh, I'm sure the tax write-off will be very nice as well. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, if you say so. So anyway, since you are consulting and you are working in official Ticket Leap capacity, for people who want more information about Ticket Leap and its processes and its operations and what can they do for your haunted attraction, I'm sure you would be the man to talk to. How can they get a hold of Lee George? to find out how the Ticket Leap can help their haunted attraction. I honestly, I, w- I will talk to haunters anytime, anywhere, anyway. If they want to hit me up on social media, they can certainly do that. If they want to reach out on TicketLeap.com, if they want to hit me up at, uh, you know, Lee.George at LeapEvent.Tech. Tech. That's a new one. And that is a little shout-out to some new branding and some new things that are coming out. That Breaking news that here. Is some, yep, that is a little a little tease. <laughs> There's going to be a little bit of a change coming to Ticket Leap, it sounds like. That is a little, a little, uh, a little tease for what you'll be seeing when you get to Transworld. So we will have to wait until March to find out about that. But in the meantime, TicketLeap.com, a lot of ticketing things. Ask for Lee George personally because he's a very handsome man and a very cool guy and will certainly help you in any way, shape, or form. Thank you, sir. You uh, you are too kind. Uh, I have my moments. Once again, folks, go visit TicketLeap.com or, even better, go visit Midsummer Scream down in beautiful Long Beach, California, next year because they're probably at capacity right now and you probably couldn't get in today on the last day yeah it's um it is slammed i'm glad i'm here i'm glad i got to experience it and i look forward to doing it again i'll be here every year they allow me to come in but once again folks my name is drew badger for the big scary show here at midsummer stream and we are out this is gavin Gosca and edward douglas from midnight syndicate And you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Greetings, listeners, listeners, and welcome. welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. torso. It's time time for Between between the the corpses. Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. 
And as we take our journey down torture and execution, we are going to go into a dark time and we're going to talk about slavery. Slavery had existed for centuries. It appears there was no culture, race, or creed that was above enslaving neighboring peoples to advance its own ends. However, the age of exploration brought fresh impetus to the trade. The pioneering Portuguese began importing slaves from Africa in 1444. Arab traders spread through the continent to exploit the commercial opportunities and thriving slave markets were established in Arabia, Iran, and India. Spain was a major player in the slave trade, along with Britain, France, Denmark, Holland, and later the American colonies. They used some slaves in their colonies and sold others. The dangers of disease and other natural hazards kept the Europeans in the African ports where forts were built to facilitate the trade. They needed go-betweens to breach the interior. Consequently, one African community preyed upon the next to provide the profitable commodity of slaves. One slave trader described the humiliating process that captured men and women faced at African ports. The slaves are brought on, brought our into a large plain where the surgeons examine every part of every one of them to the smallest member, men and women, being all stark naked. Rejected slaves are called. Macrons, being above 35 years of age or defective in their limbs, eyes, or teeth, or grown gray, or have the venereal disease or any other imperfections. Each of the others, which have passed as good, is marked on the breast with a red-hot iron, imprinting the mark of the French, English, or Dutch companies. Care is taken that the women, as tenderest, be not burnt too hard. Prominent British abolitionist William Wilberforce blamed Britain for the predicament of Africans drawn into slavery. He had grave concerns for the slaves' transportation from Africa to Jamaica or America, the notoriously harsh, grueling Middle Passage. Longtime opponent of the slave trade, William Pitt, said that no nation in Europe was plunged so deeply into this guilt for slavery as Great Britain. The government, he said, was bound by the most pressing and indispensable duty to abolish it. The Society of the Abolition of the Slave Trade was started in Britain in 1787 by two Angelicals, Granville Sharp and Thomas Clarkson. Quakers and Methodists backed them. In 1792, Denmark became the first country in Europe to abolish the slave trade. Great Britain legislated against it in 1807 and the United States a year later. While the human trade was banned, there were still slaves until the 1833 Abolition of Slavery Act. French slaves were emancipated in 1848 and Dutch slaves won freedom in 1863. In America, the freedom of slaves became a deeply divisive issue. Slaveholders in the South felt slaves were an essential part of the economy. More industrial states were offended by the continued use of slaves. 
As early as 1831, William Lloyd Garrison was threatened with death for his abolitionist view, which he expounded in the newspaper The Liberator. I cannot but regard oppression in every form, and most of all, that which turns a man into a thing with indignation and abhorrence. Every slave is a stolen man. Every slaveholder is a man-stealer. The American Anti-Slavery Society was founded in Philadelphia in 1833 and helped slaves escape to the North. Still, public support was frail until Abraham Lincoln made the abolition of slavery a pillar of his presidential campaign. With the Civil War behind it, slavery was abolished in 1865 by the 13th Amendment. And there's still more slavery to come, but you know, this, this was a dark time in history, and nobody should be a slave. We're, we could, should be all considered free people. We'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, it's David Markland with Midsummer Scream, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live in Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, California, and you never know who you're going to run into at a show like this. Well, I kind of did because I knew he was coming beforehand, but the fine folks at VFX are here, and Art Guy Designs, Doug Schaefer, one half or so or more of VFX and does his own cool stuff here, is out here selling his really cool line of tiki mugs, and I don't know what to describe this, the stuff, the baby heads, it's... It's all very disturbing, but Doug, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic, Drew. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, creepy baby doll mugs, I like to call them, I guess. That, that, that describes them perfectly. Yeah, you know, they got arms for, you know, baby doll arms for handles. You can drag a baby around, nobody gets mad at you for dragging your baby around by its arm. You can, you know, dunk it in the sink and nobody gets mad, lock it in a kitchen cabinet. You know, it's, it's the right type of baby. <laughs> and as the father of three, and including <laughs> twins, you know, I, I kind of wish I could have done that like 15 years ago without going to jail. But I could do it today if I wanted to. You know, you don't have to change these diapers at all. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't spit up on you unless you're really shaky. Well, they could <laughs> fill up with liquid rather quickly if you tried. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> but anyway, how's the show been for you? I just saw somebody walk away with a big smile on their face. Looked like they were a satisfied customer. Yeah, I got that stuffed tiki mug that I finally just got out this month, so I brought him to the show, and people are loving it. That is um, the stuff based on the movie with Garrett Morris and all them from back, what, like 81 or 83? Yeah, I don't know the year. It's, you know, it's an awesomely bad movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch the stuff. You know, Killer Marshmallow Fluff. What what can go wrong? No, and it, it's no worse than Robert the Killer Tire from that movie, whatever it was. Rubber. So. Rubber, yes. <laughs> I should do that as a tiki mug. Just make a tire and call it Robert. There you go. Hey, you're welcome if I see that next time. But uh, but it looks like, you know, the, you got a lot of stuff sold here. In fact, yeah, you said this is, this is all you have left, and it's only... Midway through Saturday. Midway through day two. I, you know, I make so many different things on top of doing VFX. I go home and make other stuff. So there's, you know, I have prints and books and T-shirts and magnets and I don't even know what else. A bunch of enamel pins, masks I make on my own. This is the first time. It's like I make so much stuff you don't know what to look at when you come to some of my booths when I do certain shows. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to pare it down to the ceramics. So I brought the tiki mugs, brought the baby doll mugs. So people are like finally figuring out that's what i sell instead of here's a whole rack of prints of everything i love 
because you can get different prints from me with from oh, you sure. know the stuff and Halloween three and Michael Myers and everything else in between. You know, I only did three years of sketch a day. That was that you is know, true. Three hundred sixty five sketches were great books. every year. They're still available as well, but I didn't bring <laughs> books. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of cool to see and people are getting engaged with it and asking me if I'm doing these other tiki events and I'm like I'm finally doing a tiki event in like Labor Day weekend for the first time nice. so we'll see how that goes with my t- you know, my horror tiki it's not uh, it's not full on tiki aesthetic you know island pacific tiki island adjacent stuff. yeah it's tiki adjacent but horror is tiki skulls are tiki um, people tell me monkeys are not tiki but I make it the jolly chimp which is that you know the symbol monkey people call it um, so I had one of those. We already sold that at the show. So I was like, oh, I, I can't sell the things I don't have. Uh, but I say it's a labor of love. I say it's my uh, my therapy. I still need therapy. Uh, I am in the haunt industry. Uh, <laughs> no comment. Next question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how is VFX doing it? Is this Putrid Pete sitting over here? I see Molly yeah, so sitting got, over here. And- we got standard Putrid Pete hanging up. And technically, the puppets that I have here are Jose's, who is Molly Zombie on TikTok. So he's a customer slash influencer on TikTok. I think he has like a million follows on TikTok. And he helped us out at Fear Expo, came, came up to Kentucky and brought his slingshot that was all branded VFX slash Molly Z. And that was a photo op. You get to get a picture with his slingshot car. Nice. And now he decided. He, I remember the car. I did not that, know that wasn't yours or Patrick's. That's, yeah, we do not make that type of money. <laughs> I w- I, that would be awesome. Uh, but no, that was Jose, who is Molly Z. And he recently took her, his Molly Z puppet, uh, skydiving. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. God, really? So he actually is had... Is that on TikTok that or on YouTube? TikTok and his and his Instagram oh and God. probably his Facebook as well. And he posts all the time, so it's awesome. We basically got a customer turned into an influencer for us. And he's got coupons for our stuff, so he makes a little bit off of that. He makes money off of doing uh, influence stuff from you know all the socials and stuff like that. And he's here. And so. he's here. So he came out to do that. He actually brought his puppet, so we have a coupon code for during the show. You can scan at the table and just order stuff that way. So I didn't have to bring product out. I made banners the week before. It's like, here's a banner. Here's a table runner. I'll set it up, and then my table's right next to it because Midsummer Scream knew I would be both tables anyway. So I'm not technically working VFX, but obviously I'm always working VFX. It's fantastic. So where are you working the Tiki event, and where can people find more of these really cool baby head mugs? They're not cool. They're creepy as hell. <laughs> the Tiki stuff, the stuff stuff, the stuff and, stuff, and everything else. Yeah, it's funny when people walk up and say, I love this. I, it's like, it's cool stuff. I'm like, are you talking about the stuff or all the stuff? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing Mask Fest in a couple weeks here. That's in uh, Indianapolis. I was going to do a specific tiki mug for that. I didn't get time to do it, but I'm also doing it's a new brand new show, Kansas City Labor Day weekend. It is the layaway lei. dot uh, com is their website. Kansas City, Missouri. It's Labor Day weekend, and I was actually invited as an artist. I can, I'm, you know, first time I've got a technically a free invite. I've actually vended free at different at shows just because they wanted my stuff there, but it wasn't. I just asked them if I could. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it'll be my first Tiki show. We'll see how that goes. I have a specific Tiki mug being, I am making specifically for the Kansas City show. Um, I have tons of stuff in the works. Find me at autotikis.com, autotikis on Instagram, uh, artguydesigns.com. It's the same website. It just goes to the same thing. <laughs> Obviously, VFX, you can find on vfxcreates.com, VFX creates on pretty much all the socials. And now Molly Z on most of the socials. You Very can nice. see uh, the antics of Molly Z and Future Pete, and he has Sammy Slackjaw as well. 
uh, yeah, when customers decide they're basically your marketing arm, it's pretty freaking awesome. You gotta love it. Are you doing any more oddities and curiosities expos this year? Uh, this year, I'm not. I couldn't necessarily uh, book all the shows. You have to book them. I have to book them as a return vendor before Halloween. Right. The year before, so I'm like, all right, St. Louis, I can do. I don't know if I can do the rest. And those shows have become so popular, which is awesome. They sold out the day they opened it up to new vendors on Halloween. Middle of the day on Halloween, they decide they actually made an announcement. We are closing applications tonight at midnight. Wow! So awesome for them. I've been doing their shows with them since I think 2018. Um, I've, you know, I've done Kansas City, I've done Chicago, I've done Atlanta. I think you came to. Yes. Um, St. Louis obviously is you know the easiest one for me to get to. Need so. you in Charlotte, man. That's a big show. Uh, Two days now. Yeah, we'll see what happens this <laughs> September when they send me the renewal contract, and I'll see what's happening because. VFX, the good thing is we now have employees other than just me and Patrick, and I've got some of them trained pretty well to make stuff while I'm away. And You need I, to make a trained monkey tiki for, for your employees there. You know, I got I got the got the Jolly Chimp, and I actually have another monkey coming from uh, Madame Macabre who's going to be sculpting oh, nice. something for me because I work with my friends with sculpts and stuff. What about Robot Monkey Labs? Oh, man. A Robot Monkey Labs tinky. You're there welcome. Might, might have to be one. You're welcome. Uh, Carmen, who does some sculpts for me, did a, did the Jolly Chimp, but he actually has sculpted a robot monkey for us as a magnet, so, you know, nice. it might happen. There's a couple different skull ones in the works, and pretty much everything I have is you're a just, You're it. just a busy guy. What can I you am say? very busy. You know, it's one of those... Uh, Keep busy, feel nothing, sort of things. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we can uh, go do some Korean barbecue later on tonight, and maybe you'll feel something after you walk I'll, out there. I'll, I'll feel the meat sweats. <laughs> oh, that'll be delightful. <laughs> Artguidedesigns.com, VFXcreates.com. Check out all of Doug Schaefer's cool stuff. Coming, hopefully, to a Tiki Show, Oddities and Curiosities Expo. Of course, you'll be at Trans World and all the other shows in 2024. Wish you nothing but success here at Midsummer Scream. Thank you, sir. Great job here, and just... Creepy ass dolls, that's all I can say. The creepy ass baby heads. Just, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my name is Drew Badger. I'm going to go turn the opposite direction here at Midsummer Scream and walk that way. And we're out. Midnight Syndicate. Fellowship of the House. A big scary show exclusive.
Marty Rustam presents a new horror classic, Eden Alive. Hello? Created by Toby Hooper, maker of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mel Ferrer, Carolyn Jones, Stuart Whitman. Who's there? Neville Brand. The most terrifying 90 minutes you ever spent in a theater, Eaten Alive, a VIP picture rated R. Hey, this is Doug from VFX and Art Guy Designs and Auditikis. You are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at Midsummer Scream in beautiful Long Beach, California, hanging out with all the cool kids and the vendors and their celebrity row. And, you know, I did not know this gentleman was coming until very late in the game, and I got so excited when I found out that none other than Mr. G. Tom Mack was making an appearance here at Midsummer Scream. You may know him from a little movie film, a little score called The Lost Boys, Cry Little Sister, you know, so many other great bits of musical and stuff. And he's got some very interesting news and some stuff coming up in the future, so we thought we'd get a couple minutes with him, and he's graciously honored us with his presence. Mr. G. Tom Mack, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, mate. Thanks for having me on. It, it is an absolute honor to have you here on the Big Scary Show. I can only imagine the crowds here have been just lining up here, getting autographs from you, asking you questions about the Lost Boys and the song and everything like that. Yeah, it's pretty, it's always an amazing, you know, gig, if you want to call it that, coming out and meeting the fans of this incredibly uh, iconic film actually and um, of the 53 movies I've done to this date doing music to them anyway um, this one definitely takes it, it had so much magic in it to begin with and even when I wrote the song the theme song that Joel Schumacher had requested me do write a theme song I felt the synergy of everything was just in such great alignment and um, yeah and it, 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 it Nobody knew that it would go on to do what it did. I just knew I loved it. I loved how it was written. I loved how it worked as a piece of film, you know. So, yeah, very proud of it. You know, I was going to ask you if you had any clue that this was going to be as special as it is because, let's face it, Lost Boys has become so ingrained, not only in the horror culture, but kind of in the Halloween culture. You do see, you know... I hate to say the term, reunion shows at conventions like this with you and several members of the cast all over the country. Was this just another job for you, or did you kind of sort of have that feeling that this might be something different from the rest? Absolutely. Did I have the feeling? I had no idea that it would be go, go on to have what we experience here at Midsummer Scream, and for that matter, all the other cons that we do around the world. We don't do, you know, yeah, we make money doing this, but it's... It's joyful to do it, you know, and I generally I perform uh, every night after the show. So there's a massive crowd that comes out to see my show. And of course, I do cry a little sister. And I've been doing songs from what hopefully will be the new musical. uh, Once we turn a corner, uh, Lost Boys Story, the musical. So but we still got a little ways to go. A little thing called a pandemic closed thing down a little bit. So, and, and I did ask you right before the show, G. Tom Mack is not actually your name. It is, it is Gerard, with a G, Thomas McMahon. The issue was, years ago, when I made three albums um, with a major label, 
I went by my real name, and I didn't think it would be that difficult to pronounce. And when I would go to do shows like yours, I at radio, I would, I would just was so taken back. They would call me Gerald or MacMahon or you know, the last name. And after a while, it just like, and even when they would announce the songs that were they were breaking on radio at the time, they were it was Gerald McMahon and I. I, I, I so I just said, by the year 2000, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to change it to an, uh, an abbreviated form. And I made an album called G-Tom Mac. And that went on to do really well on all these movies, various songs, TV shows, from Scrubs to Felicity to Roswell, you name it, and um, in the late 90s. And nobody knew who G-Tom Mac was. <laughs> And then I started to go out and doing, my manager at the time said, we need to go out and start doing some of these convention things. That might be. And so there was one in Orange, where was that? In uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, called Monster Mania. Monster Mania yes. And uh, I was invited to come, we, Bob, my manager at the time, worked it out that I would go there and perform, sign on. I had no idea what the convention world was about. I was so unequipped. And all the Lost Boys guys were there and Brooke McCarter, God bless him, rest his soul. He was so incredibly helpful in just teaching me the ropes. He said, oh, well, I had some CDs and stuff of an album that just came out at that point called Thou Shalt Not Fall. So people, you know, people became aware, more, much more aware of who the person was, me, that wrote and sang Cry Little Sister. And I did a performance that night in front of 3,000 people in the ballroom. And the place went out of their minds, and it was just—it was so it's such a fulfilling feeling, you know. To, it, it, it's not on the ego tip; it's more on the interaction with an audience, you know. It, it sounds amazing. Now you touched on it a moment. I've got to ask you a question. Tell us about the a Lost Boys story, the musical that apparently is coming out at some point in the near future. This looks fascinating. Yeah. Well. It's not a I can't tell, talk too much about You can tell it. me what you can. You don't, you well, don't, you I know. basically thought there was always a backstory to how David came about and, um, and how they all met. And so we go into that. And we started a very young, childlike David. And um, I just felt there was more to the story. Not that you had to, you could never make a movie doing that. But there's something now that this movie has come so far to do it right in, in, in making it into a musical, which in the world of musical, we call it the book, uh, which is like a script, but it's the book. And that's what you, you basically form the dialogue with. And then you go into song at times. And sometimes you, then you come out of song into dialogue. So it's a, and that's, that's a very difficult thing to do. And I studied musical theater back in New York back in the day, so I knew how to do it. But it wasn't until I ran it by Joel Schumacher and let him see what it was. This is before he passed on, obviously. And, uh, but he hung in there with me on it, you know. I mean, he didn't have the rights of all of that stuff, which I, my lawyer and I had to go figure that stuff out. But hopefully, um, yeah, I mean, I'm forever thankful to Joel A. for asking me to write a song for the for the movie but then if as we got down the road when i started telling the idea i had 
he really embraced it, and we would get on the phone every day, just not every day, but every few days, and discuss it. It sounds fantastic, and this is, you have CDs here that I assume you sell at conventions, the yeah. musical. Love <laughs> isn't to CDs anymore, but I, it was like, actually, it was one of the producer's ideas. You know, it's compact, you don't, you know, we were going to do vinyl, and sometime, at some point we will, but, you know, it's more of a thing to sign, you know, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. There you go. Now, is this going to come out like on an off-Broadway or a Broadway or what kind of no, a release it, it, are you hoping for? Well, it, it, it'll it be a Broadway, but, you know, there's so many channels you have to go through and getting there. It's like to know that it's going to garner that audience. And it could go off-Broadway, you know, in, in its previews, you know, so there's always that. Excellent. Now, you said you do a lot of conventions and everything. Uh, can you tell the audience where you might be appearing, say, over the next few weeks or months uh, leading up to, say, Halloween? I can only assume the Halloween season is super busy for you because everybody is watching this movie again every year. Yeah, well, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember where we're playing. I know we're doing a bunch of – we're doing some dates in the U.K., uh, Manchester and um, London – and, and there's some stage gigs, but I can't. I just don't have my diary. Are they on, say, your websites and social media they pages? They will be, yes. because we're just putting all of that together okay. now. Because I've been working on a new musical called Don't You Forget About Me for Universal Pictures, which is going to the screen, like ah, a La La nice. Land kind of thing. Yeah, it's about the 80s, um, pen pals in the 80s, eight different characters, New York, L.A., and um, London, and how eight characters come together in their pen pal social media oh, wow. and they change each other's lives in their senior year by being pen pals and I really it was something that Paul Brooks who produced my Big Fat Greek Wedding and Pitch Perfect wanted, asked me he said come up with something for the 80s and you know I, I, and he said I'd love to work with you because we had worked together on a film called Chasing Amy back in the day yes, I remember that. and um, so I came up with this idea, and he just loved it. And so we pressed go, and we were turning a, a big corner right now. We're getting into pre-production. So for people wanting more information about you know, your upcoming appearances, the, uh, the musical that you've got coming out, everything G. Tom Mack, what are websites or social medias where people can get that information, meet you at conventions, purchase autographs, and... Find out more about the man, the myth, the legend. There you go. The myth. The myth. <laughs> uh, the, um, so it's Instagram, G-T-O-M-M-A-C. Facebook, the same thing. And um, just you, everybody knows how to do this. And Twitter. So um, unless you know of any other social medias. Uh, I'm an old man. I don't do the TikTok or any of those oh, new man. things. Yeah. Old enough. Old enough is good. <laughs> G-Town Mack, it has been an absolute delight and a pleasure to have you here on The Big Scary Show. Once again, folks, look up G-Tom Mack on all the socials that the, the old people use, not the kids, because they're cooler than we are. But anyway, check out these all these cool things. Meet him at a convention. He's an absolute delight to talk to. Loves talking to his fans. I wish you nothing but success on the new upcoming movie, the musical, and everything else that you've got going on here. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, hanging with G. Tom Mack, of all people. I never thought I would ever say that. Here in Midsummer Scream, and we are out. Thank you, man. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts. 
Join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to my friends at Skeleton Acres for the inspiration for this segment's topic. We had a discussion recently regarding sales tax. A nasty little reminder that we have to be business owners and not just creators of the macabre. The question is to whether to add it into the ticket price at the time of the purchase like a candy bar at a store or include it with the total cost of the ticket. This is my philosophy. Let's say your ticket is $10. Personally, I hate math, so I'm using nice round numbers. Your posters, your social media, everything has a big $10 sign per person plastered on it. You know good and well that a lot of people, especially teenage kids, are going to show up expecting to only pay $10. And that may be all they have in their hand. And if they don't mind the fact that you have to ask for $10 and X number of cents, then you have to worry about keeping enough loose change on hand to give back for those paying cash. Again, it's my personal opinion. It's better to round up your ticket to include the tax. Now this means the ticket price is actually less than advertised for accounting purposes. Again, example in my location, my sales tax is 9.75%. So a $10 ticket would actually be 10.98, rounding up. So instead of trying to collect that 98 cents and having to worry about giving people two cents back, etc., the ticket will include the tax of 97 cents, making the ticket $10 even. I hope that makes sense. Think of it as tickets are $10 with tax included versus $10 tickets plus tax. Of course, it's your choice whichever way you want to go. Again, that's just my philosophy and how I do my ticketing. Now, if you're not sure what the sales tax is in your area, it's a simple Google search. You can simply just type in sales tax for your city, county, and state, and it'll pop up. Um, Arkansas even has a nice little calculator there that it will tell you, you know, you put it in your sale price or your ticket price, and it tells you what the tax and everything is with it. So, hopefully this helps while you're getting ready for the season. Until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Hi, my name is Cheech on Mac, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at Midsummer Screaming, beautiful Long Beach, California. We're talking to all the cool kids and all the cool vendors and stuff. And when you walk in and you look to the right, you see a big display for Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia, California, having their 30th anniversary this year. Sounds like it's going to be a huge amount of real spooky fun. I have the creative director, Mark Wing, here. How are you, sir? Great, sir. How are you doing? Oh, man, this is my favorite show of the year. I just come out here and just have a blast, and I love that the, the big theme parks like to come out here and plug everything. You know, so many people in, on our show are from the Midwest and the South and the East Coast. They don't realize the vast extent of the haunt community on the West Coast. 
and people like Six Flags who put on a monster Fright Fest. Yes, sir. We are super excited. This is our 30th anniversary for Fright Fest here at Six Flags Magic Mountain. We are going to be announcing tomorrow at Midsummer Scream at our panel lots and lots of new elements, lots of new attractions. Um, tickets will be going on sale. Actually, they're on sale now, excuse me. And uh, we're super excited. We're um, definitely come on down, especially in the West Coast, um, the East Coast. Unfortunately, you know, this show won't air until after Midsummer Scream. So are there any quote-unquote teasers that you can give to people out there? What are some of the themed, what are some of the haunts that are going to be going up and things like that? I can't go into detail because there are a lot of big surprises that we're going to be announcing. Understand. But um, we're obviously going to be playing on our 30th anniversary. We're going to look at back at our history. We're going to be at bringing some things back um, that our hardcore fans will say are excited for. And uh, yeah, with the help of Mr. Scott Ramp, our makeup designer, we're going to be bringing back a lot of those original looks, yet still being innovative and creating new stuff. It sounds like it's going to be just the 90s all over again, which sounds fantastic. Yes, it's going to be a big old party, we'll say. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, are you guys hiring at this point? If so, you know, how many people are you looking to come and become scare actors and makeup artists and other people? We always look for over 500 talent, to be honest with you, minimum, to be honest with you. We are currently casting right now uh, for our scare actors. Uh, next audition is actually at the park at Magic Mountain, Six Flags Magic Mountain. 26101 Magic Mountain Parkway in Valencia, California, and it's on August 5th from 5 to 9. And this may air after that, so what are some alternate dates after that? So after that, um, they will be announced on our website, so look at um, the www.sixflagsmagicmountain.com, or you can go to um, Instagram and Facebook, and it's hashtag FrightFest. So sixflagsmagicmountain.com is for all the information you need. Yes, and it's not just our park, it's also all the other parks. You might have a park in your area that's also auditioning for Fright Fest. But they're not having their 30th anniversaries, are they? They are not, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it won't be as cool, but still, there are going to be some amazing product that um, they will be announcing after the sister parks. No doubt. You know, Six Flags is a great company with a lot of different stuff all over the country. So, Mark, I wish you congratulations and nothing but success on your 30th anniversary. Once again, that website for tickets, more information. If you're interested in coming to work, how can they get that information on the socials and the websites? Just go head to www.sixflags.com forward slash jobs. Fantastic. Mark Wing, creative director of Six Flags Magic Mountain, or Six Flags Fright Fest, Magic Mountain in Valencia, California. My name is Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show in Long Beach, California, here at Midsummer Scream, and we're out. House of Exorcism, starring Terry Savalas, Elkie Sommer, Silva Cashina, and Robert Alda. The House of Exorcism, locked in the grip of the ultimate evil, where every corner of the soul is lost to the icy clutch of the supernatural. You won't use me tonight. You won't use me in your games tonight. There's nothing you can do. It's already happened. Telly Savalas, Elky Summer, Silver Koshina, Robert Alda. The House of Exorcism, a terrifying motion picture. I exercise you from this house. You and your accursed souls. I exercise you from this house forever. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. The House of Exorcism, a peppercorn worms are release. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated 
to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference FrightFind will make in your haunt listing. Hey, this is Lee George with Ticket Leap, and you're listening to the one and only The Big Scary Show. Midnight Syndicate, Midnight Syndicate, Nocton Marchernist, on The Big Scary Show, Scary Show. Hi, this is Bruce Stanton from the Reign of Terror out in Thousand Oaks, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here live at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, California. It is Sunday afternoon. We are slowly winding down the show. If it sounds a little quieter here, it is because we are in the very nicely air-conditioned offices of the Long Beach Convention Center, looking over the show floor, which is still packed to the gills with people shopping, buying autographs from celebrities, seeing all the cool displays in the Hall of Shadows and everything that Midsummer Scream is famous for. But like we do every single year, 
We are honored to have a few minutes from the organizer, the executive director, Big Cheese, whatever you want to call him, Mr. David Markland of Midsummer Screen. Thank you again for letting the Big Scary Show come and cover this show. We have at least two shows worth out of this. And um, all I got to ask is, are you ready to go home and go to sleep? Oh, 100%. (laughs) I'm ready for the uh, spooky season to fully engage so I can go and enjoy that for a couple months. Oh, absolutely. It's... uh, this is kind of the uh, unofficial official kickoff, not just for Southern California, but for really a lot of people across the country. I know that in August, I'm going to be doing a lot of training with actors and haunted attractions, as per my company, and September's booked up and everything. So this is kind of my first of many weekends on the road, and what better way to spend it at a show like this? Um, I'm going to assume that you broke attendance records this year, and I'm going to assume that things ran about as smoothly as you can expect for somebody with... 40 plus thousand people in the building yeah i mean things ran if anything better we had more you know we had increased attendance of about 10 percent, and that mostly hit our friday and sunday because our saturday we sold out last year and so we kept that number to something that even if it's full we don't want it to be too shoulder to shoulder um but uh, operationally we put a lot of effort into making sure people got in quickly last year we had a lot of issues, uh, issues. That, <laughs> that, that choked our entry points. And this year we put a lot of investment in operations there um, in a significant way, but it paid off. Everybody got in smoothly. And I don't think anybody was waiting for a wristband as far as I know. They, once they got in line, they, if they were waiting, it was just because they were waiting to walk, the, you know, to get in. You know, that was it. It, it. it was an amazing line again, as usual. I walk out there about 10 minutes before you open on Saturday all the way out the door, around the corner of both, build, of both sides of the building. It was unbelievable. So I'm very glad to hear that uh, most people were not waiting an hour, two hours, whatever, like you know, other years. We'll just say that. So everything is smooth. Um, as far as, and I asked this question last year, as far as capacity here, has the Long Beach Convention Center reached full capacity as far as what you have i understand the the halloween horror nights panel was completely sold out Mm -hmm. standing room only completely booked you have new vendors going all the way up and down on the upstairs here at least on the main floor as opposed to just here you're experiencing some growing pains and you're only in what year seven uh, this is year six. six. I mean, six. we did a couple other side events, so it's who, yes, true. who can keep And you had that COVID thing to keep this from being set. No, I mean, one thing we're really proud about is we don't pack it as much as we could. You know, we do want it to, you know, I don't want to have more people in here. According to the fire marshal, we could definitely have a bunch more people overall in the building. But, um, you know, and some of our the panels fill up without a doubt. Um, but the overall, just to have people on the show floor... We try to, even if people feel like it's crowded, there's there's plenty of room to get around. It never, you know, I know there's forty thousand people walking on the floor on Saturday. It never felt that crowded. You know, I've been to shows where you literally could not get from one side of the floor to the other because maybe narrower aisles or whatever. But you've got nice wide aisles. You keep the uh, the spacing good. You have lots of cross you know corridors for things so it really seems like things have worked a lot smoother this year than in years past yeah i mean we're you know one thing we have stuck with is we do keep 15 foot aisles uh for especially the longer aisles and um you know i don't it's not good i really do want the vendors everybody to do well and it's that balance of you own a lot of people but you also want them to be able to be able to stand in the shop from a bo- outside of a booth and also 
be able to keep moving so they're not stuck in front of a booth that they're not even interested in. So that uh, is something that's always um, the top of mind, making sure that the, us- you know, the user experience, the guest experience is as positive as can be. I know with the writer's strike and the actor's strike, you know, a lot of the celebrities have had, you know, difficulties in, at other shows. You know, they can't do Q&As, they can't talk about this or they can't talk about that. Most of the people I've seen here seem to be doing very well. Has, has the actor's strike impacted Midsummer Scream, especially, you know, right before it happened? Um, yes, without a doubt. I mean, but it's not something anybody necessarily would notice. Because we um, were very conscious of it. Um, I love Hollywood news, so I've been following it for months. If anything, um, uh, we just didn't announce some stuff that we knew that we were really excited about. This is the first year that we've had uh, some major studio involvement. Lionsgate came in in a big way with a a Saw activation uh, promoting their upcoming movie and a uh, panel presentation as well about you know the, the franchise in general and um if there's no actor strike i'm pretty confident they would have had cast here but what i had told them and other people uh too is like our crowd the people who are really into halloween they like to see the behind the scenes so them having you know the cinematographer a director um a producer talk about how things are made um was for our crowd in some ways just as good you know it sounds like, you know, again, that, that problem was solved by you guys. And, of course, being in Southern California, you kind of have your heart on or your finger on the pulse a little bit more than, say, yeah. Chicago or Denver or, you know, Charlotte or any, mm-hmm. any other conventions like that. So I'm assuming most of them are, were happy with sales. I'm assuming most of the vendors have been happy with sales. Has there been any issues as far as, you know, like medical emergencies or crime or any I, – I didn't hear any fights going on. I didn't hear any, you know – weird crazy stuff i didn't hear any emt calls or anything you know and and kudos to your staff for walking around everything they came up to us on more than one occasion asked us if we needed anything but were there any you know fires major fires that had to be put out this year i mean think of it as a a city with you know twenty thousand people in it there's going to be things that happen you know that's with any event any town or whatever we've had uh, you know, the, the building does get warmer than we'd like, and so people fainting is sort of regular. But, you know, a town full of 20,000 people, you get, you know, EMT calls on a regular basis. But um, other than that, no, I mean, I haven't heard, you know, I, maybe I, you know, I've heard. No drunken people causing problems no, 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 or anything. I mean, honestly, I mean, we, <laughs> we do have several bars on the show floor. Um, and people enjoy those, and I would say that if we do have any incidents, it's always every single time alcohol-related. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, for some reason this year, it's, it doesn't feel like it's been, we've had as many issues as we would have. Excellent. Um, getting off of Midsummer for just a second, uh, season screamings or season screams, that's going to be happening this year or not? No. It's not. We are going to take a pause on that this one year. We did, it, we did uh, several events in the last two years, and... Um, we decided we want to enjoy our holiday season again this year, so we're taking a pause on that. We're going to reevaluate if we can bring it back in 2024. Okay. I love that event. Uh, it's a you know quarter the size of Midsummer Scream, um, but it's still very dynamic, and we bring in a lot of the people we like. Um, but uh, we we do love it. But we want to take want some to have time good off. Time yeah, too. it is the holiday we, season. I mean, hey, we're we're a small business. We we make this event you know largely out of a one bedroom apartment. Um, so it's not like we have offices, you know, there's a few of us who do that. And, um, so it's, uh, you know, 
once maybe we get to level where we have a, sure. a, a building you know <laughs> but for a one bedroom apartment quote unquote office this is an amazing job you and your staff again kudos for everything they've done they they i'm sure the volunteers have worked tirelessly for weeks if not months to make sure everything is run smooth i'll make a big correction there we do not have volunteers we pay everybody oh, on do. our team yeah my apologies on that, so, so no we everybody's uh, paid staff you know either they're contractors or they are paid um so our team is you know we make, we make sure that excellent do you have dates set for 2024 I do, and I'm not looking at a calendar, but I think it's the last weekend again. As, as it probably will yeah. be, and I don't have a calendar with me yeah. either. I'll pull my phone out later. But So Midsummer Scream 2024 will be happening the last weekend in July. July. At the Long Beach Convention Center. Back here at Long Beach Convention Center, you know, and um, we have all sorts of ideas and things we want to do. I can't give a preview of that because it's a matter Certainly. of, you know, see what kind of what happens. But, you know. We're always thinking ahead, you know, a couple of years. Whenever you uh, have news, feel free to send it to us so we can get it out there to the masses. And again, thank you, thank so, you much. so much for letting us come out here. We, you know, we've been here since year one. We have enjoyed ourselves. This is my my last working vacation before I get into the haunt season and start going full tilt and everything. Brought my son out this year. He had a great time, you know, so, you know, I'm getting cool points back, hopefully. We'll see. But um, once again, folks midsummerscream.org I assume tickets for next year will be going on sale at some point before the show we don't have a we don't have a date I'm sure well yeah we don't have a definite date yet Uh, I don't even know the time frame whether you start in January or March or anything like that but we'll see sometime yeah well, whenever you do, you'll probably hear about it here on The Big Scary Show. But once again, David Marklin is the executive producer, the owner, the big cheese, whatever you want to call him for Midsummer Scream. Another bang-up job here for the year 2023. We look forward to coming back to Long Beach in 2024 on The Big Scary Show. My name is Drew Badger, hanging out with the uh, all the cool VIP stuff in this office here and just admiring the show floor, which is still packed with people. And we are out. Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. VonCaron.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Von Caron Productions. And... VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing.
The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show, LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.